FM HD1 Columbus. The fan. This, this is 11 Warriors Sunday. Buckeyes, Big Ten, and everything college football. Your favorite website come to life. Here's Jason Priestess. Good morning and welcome to 11 Warriors Sunday right here on 97.1 The Fan. Bringing you the next level Ohio State football recap show you've always wanted in your life on most Sundays. Not so sure about today. I'm Chris Lauterbach sitting in for Jason Priestess as your host this week. Joined by fellow 11 Warriors Andy Vance and Johnny Ginter. And then at the controls we've got evil bald Colin who seems, we haven't talked to him much, but seems rather evil this morning. Game, game got you down in there Colin? Yeah, I think you could say that. <laughs> yeah, and the, the weather the weather in downtown Columbus mirrors the mood after last night's painful loss. I pretty much hydroplaned all the way here after about three and a half hours of sleep, which was a nice uh, nice start to the morning. So, yeah, I think we echo echo your thoughts there, uh, Evil Bald. Um, we do have a birthday in the house. Wow, Andy Vance, uh, happy birthday, <laughs> man. I didn't mean to drop that just, uh, you know, moments before the broadcast for that reason. But birthday sympathy, greatly appreciated yeah, for the yeah. Buckeye fan in your life. Happy birthday. Here's a just a bone-crushing loss. <laughs> uh, Ohio State 29, Clemson 23. And uh, really, you could sum up in three words. Oh, the agony. Um, hell of a game. Hell of a game. A lot of... Uh, a lot of things to talk about today. Obviously, a huge show and... Uh, Oh boy, I don't know how you guys. Uh... <laughs> I like how we're all kind of coming in here, you know, like the Walking Dead. Just you know, you're staring outside. It's it's dark. It's rainy. It's gross, and it just reflects the blackness in our hearts right now. It's it's just it's a rough time. I mean, a week a ago when you asked if we could fill in, I was all excited. I'm like, yeah, Johnny and I get to go to terrestrial radio. That's this is right. Be amazing. And then last night I was like, oh, crumb, i got to get him to talk about this for two hours tomorrow. What was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, after sleeping for about two hours. I know it was 3.37 when I went upstairs, and uh, 7 o'clock came early. So uh, I did shower for you guys. Um, but, yeah, appreciate let's – I appreciate uh, that, yeah. Thank you. You know, the game at 30,000 feet, you guys saw it or you wouldn't be listening this morning, obviously, and uh, apparently you're masochistic. But the game at 30,000 feet, Ohio State jumped out to, you know, jumped out to a lead, right, dominated – uh, the initial parts of the game, 16 to nothing lead, but did so ominously by kicking three field goals after driving inside the Clemson 15-yard line um, three times through the first quarter and a half. So moving the ball, but when they got down into the red zone, something Ohio State had been great at all year. They weren't so great in this game against a Clemson defense that does deserve credit for being a, a really strong red zone defense in its own right. So Ohio State jumps out to the 16 nothing lead. Clemson responds with a 21-0 blitz, so they scored 21 straight points. Um, to take the lead, 21-16 midway through the fir- through the third quarter. Um, Ohio State did respond. You know, for a while there, it was like, okay, are these guys going to get up off the mat? Because bad things just seem to keep happening at the most inopportune times. But Ohio State did retake the lead at 23-21 to early in the fourth quarter. Um, but again, Clemson, to their credit, um, showed why they are a, a college football playoff mainstay uh, behind Trevor Lawrence, who's just an amazing player. Um, Drove, a hot, drove Clemson 94 yards in four plays uh, to take a 29-23 lead with a minute 49 left. And the Buckeyes couldn't come up with a winning score despite driving to the Clemson 23 before Justin Fields' uh, interception. 
sealed the deal. Uh, but you know, Buckeyes on the on the scoreboard came up short in the statistics. Though they they looked pretty good. They outgained Clemson five hundred sixteen to four seventeen. Uh, but man, key calls from the officials, struggles in the red zone, particularly the call that overturned a Jordan Fuller touchdown off of a uh, catch and fumble. Um, man, just just tough. So we can get into the details of how it all unfolded. Uh, how it all unfolded. You guys ready for that, or should we just? <laughs> I'm not ready for it, but I, I think it's commercial. necessary. I think we got to do it. Take all the right. Break. All right, so we kind of jumped into it. We'll get into more specifics here. Ohio State came out with an up-tempo attack and really marched right down the field. Justin Fields was spectacular early on. Six different receivers uh, hit on the opening drive, um, six for seven, actually. And Garrett Wilson had a, a tremendous acrobatic 22-yard catch uh, to the Clemson eight-yard line, which ended up being somewhat of a curse. It was ruled incomplete initially. Review took forever, which stalled the tempo. And, and right before the review was signaled on the field day had dialed up a runoff left tackle for jk dobbins that was going to look like it was going to be an easy touchdown when the whistle blew um you know negating what that potential score could be and then after dobbins ran for no yards um essentially no yards on two runs and then an incomplete pass to chris alave on third down it set up a 20 yard 21 yard field goal try from blake hobbiel Blake Hobiel, 10 for 12 on the year. That's going to be a 21-yard try. McCullough, the long snapper. Crispin will put it down at the 11th. So Blake Hobiel to kick for a 21-yard field goal. Ball in the air, and it is through the goalpost. 21-yard field goal for Blake Hobiel. Gets Ohio State on the board first. 3-0. The Buckeyes lead Clemson. Obviously crucial to get points there on the opening drive, having lost the toss and received the ball. You hope to at least flip the field and then hopefully get some points, and they did both. Ten plays, 71-yard march, um, but stalled at the Clemson 4 for a 3-0 lead. You guys were still feeling pretty good at that point, right? Feeling good, but I mean, you know, you mentioned it. Ryan Day, if you look at his reaction to that, uh, you know, would-be touchdown, I mean, he was furious because he knew that they had that play completely blocked. They had everything they wanted. And of course, you know, you get the favorable call with the, uh, you know, with the catch, but that, that was a touchdown off the board. And obviously that would be kind of a theme early. So it was unfortunate. And I think Ryan Day understood the implications of that. And Clemson tried to answer going 43 yards in eight plays before missing a 49-yard field goal try. Tough Borland nearly came up with an interception on that uh, that possession, and Damon Arnett uh, really had nice coverage on a third and seven play. So I State got the ball back following the missed field goal, and J.K. Dominance announced his presence on the first and only play of the drive. First and ten, Ohio State at their own 32-yard line. Sophomore Justin Fields from Kennesaw, Georgia, in the shotgun. Dobbins is to his left in the backfield. Snap to Fields. Hands to Dobbins. Shooting straight ahead. Get to his own 40. 45, 50 goes Dobbins. He hits the Clemson side of the field. 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, J.K. Dobbins. Takes 68 yards. 68 yards to the house. J.K. Dobbins. His 21st touchdown of the season. And Ohio State has a 9-0 lead. 9 nothing lead, extra point made it 10 nothing. Ohio State with 8.35 left in the first quarter. What would you make of that, there, that play, Mr. Vance? Well, this is one where I was just shouting in my living room, mm-hmm. you're feeling really great at this point, you know, channeling his inner Ezekiel Elliott, if you want to think about uh, one of my favorite 11 Warriors dry good t-shirts, and you thought, hey, this game is going Ohio State's way at this stage in the ballgame. Perfectly executed play. Nice block from Thayer Mumford to provide the seal, but really got Dobbins only had one man to beat and did so pretty easily once he got to the second level. Ohio State defense forced Clemson to punt twice, sandwiched between uh, a Drew Chrisman punt before the Buckeyes again took possession. 
uh, marched 75 yards on seven plays to the Clemson five, setting up another Blake Hobbiel field goal try. Blake Hobbiel will attempt a 23-yard field goal. McCullough to snap. Crispin puts it down. Kick for Hobbiel is up, and he drills it through the uprights. Blake Hobbiel, and that increases Ohio State's lead to 13 to nothing over Clemson. 13 to nothing at that point, as you heard from Paul Keels. Uh, man, another one where red zone just kind of got away from Ohio State. Dobbins had a 64-yard run on that on that series. Um, and a fields pass on third and goal just out of the reach of J.K. Dobbins for what could have been a could have been a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, it's again, when we talk about missed opportunities and things like that, that's that's the thing that really hurts Ohio State. Uh, in this game, but it's not going to be the focus of, I think, what we're going to be talking about because obviously with these huge plays, there also comes some really, um, I don't know, some, some big controversies. So we'll get to that in a little bit, but it, you, you watch that giant run from JK. You just want to see him get in the end zone. Fields just a little too hot for Dobbins on the on the pass there, an eight yard pass in the end zone. Looked like Dobbins had it. They ruled it a, a touchdown initially, but clearly was a was an incomplete pass. A little more arc on that, and, and Dobbins uh, probably hauls it in pretty easily. High State defense forced another three and out, and the Buckeye offense went back to work. But again, a little bit of Groundhog Day. 14 plays, 70-yard drive. So March 70 yards, 14 plays, can't find the end zone, forcing Hobiel to attempt a 33-yarder. This one will be a 34-yard try. Liam McCullough to snap, Drew Crispin to spot it, and Blake Hobiel to try a 34-yard field goal. Here's his kick. It's in the air. It's toward the uprights, and he is 3-for-3. Blake Hobiel, 34-yard field goal, and Ohio State's lead has grown to 16 to nothing over Clemson. So 34-yarder there makes it 16 nothing with 7:20 left in the in the second quarter, and then yeah, at that point, Andy, it's like okay, we've been to the red zone a handful of times here, and and haven't necessarily liked what we've seen, and on that possession in particular, a couple couple instances of pain, right? Well, that's one where you start to think, you know, this is a scenario where this could come back and bite the Buckeyes later, and we were chatting about it some in Slack, and you're seeing people tweeting about it. You go into the red zone and you walk away with nine instead of 21. That's a huge shift in momentum. J.K. dropped a screen pass for a sure touchdown on this drive, and uh, Fields did connect with Austin Mack in the back of the end zone. Mack's foot came down, I don't know, probably about six six inches or so out of bounds, clearly out of bounds, but two plays there that really got away from Ohio State. Then things started to really get wild on Clemson's ensuing possession. Tigers went 75 yards on 10 plays, um, capped by a Travis Etienne uh, touchdown. Um, touchdown run cut Ohio State's lead to 16-7 to uh, with a little under three minutes left in the half. Uh, really painful here. Ohio State had Clemson stopped on third and five as Sean Wade had, came in on a delayed blitz and sacked Lawrence, but targeting was called on Wade, resulting in an automatic first down, and, uh, and Clemson scored a few plays later. Yeah, and, and again, this is another thing that we're going to get into, but the penalties, the ill-timed, you know, unfortunate things that were going on with Ohio State, it, it kept Clemson in the game, and the fact that they were able to put those points on the board at the very end of the first half completely changed the complexion of the game. That doesn't happen, or even one of those scores doesn't happen. I think the game turns out completely differently. Definitely affected the offense as well. Ohio State went out and quickly went three and out, and uh, the Tigers went right back to work. Lawrence burned the Buckeyes with a long TD run, had a 67-yarder to give Clemson its first lead at 16-14, uh, to 14, um, or to cut the lead to 16-14 with a minute 10 left in the quarter. Um, then Lawrence hit Justin Ross for 16 yards on that play to extend the drive. Things were just not going well at that point. Um, halftime, Ohio State just takes a knee to get out of there. Uh, what, what, how were you feeling at halftime? 
<laughs> That's the thing. Honestly, a lot of people, I think, were pretty, still pretty confident. They had seen what Ohio State had been able to do with multiple drives. Yes, there were problems in the red zone, but they were still able to do a, some really good things offensively against Clemson's defense and Venables. And then you were seeing where Ohio State was able to basically limit Trevor Lawrence in the first half. Yeah, they got two touchdowns, but those were kind of seen as fluke things. So I personally was a little bit worried about the momentum shift, but I know a lot of people were still pretty confident going to the half. Well, yeah, I for sure was, because on one hand, ETN isn't a huge factor at that stage. He wasn't running wild. The corners had shut down these, you know, mutant six and a half foot tall receivers for the most part. Things were going okay for the Buckeyes until halftime. And to start the second half, the teams traded punts uh, before more wackiness resumed. High State's defense forced a fourth and six from deep in Clemson territory, but Cameron Bra- Cameron Brown was flagged for roughing the punter for an automatic first down. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, High State, you know, just struggled after that. Two plays later, Travis Etienne gets a 53-yard touchdown catch and run off a screen play, a screen pass. So seven-play, 99-yard drive for Clemson's first lead of the game at 21 to 16, with a little less than five minutes left in the third quarter. Yeah, that was rough. That was that was really rough. And anytime that a team, especially a team that is playing a close game, can put together a drive of like you know 80 yards plus, I just think that's a backbreaker for the opposing defense. I mean, even if they're playing well, even if they continue to play well, just the fact that a you're able to pull that off psychologically, and b you're able to continue to put pressure on that defense and keep them on the field, it's it's really really difficult to come back from that. Yeah, and a few empty possessions followed. Ohio State did rise up defensively, including um, getting basically screwed out of points on an overturned defensive touchdown before Ohio State's offense finally got back on track. Uh, Buckeyes marched 84 yards in 13 plays, capped by a connection from Justin Fields to Chris Alave. Fields in the shotgun. Fourth and one at Clemson's 23. Fields gets the snap. Fields looking to throw. Lobs that one toward Olave in the end zone, and he's got it for a touchdown. Chris Olave on a touchdown pass of 23 yards from Justin Fields, who hits Olave marching right down the field, and that'll change the score to give Ohio State a 22-21 lead. Fourth down play there from Ryan Day instead of just going for the short first down. It was fourth and short. Uh, Airs it out. Gutsy call, right? Love those calls because there were a few times where you just see Ryan Day is not afraid to go for it in big situations, do something that's unexpected, and more often than not, it pays. Buckeyes went for uh, the extra point there to make it 23-21 to with a little under 12 minutes. Again, the teams would trade empty possessions before Clemson's offense came back on the field from its own six-yard line with three minutes and seven seconds left. Man, Trevor Lawrence would not waste the chance, marching 94 yards in just four plays, capped by another score from Travis Etienne. Clemson got a 34-yard touchdown there. Amari Rogers also had a 38-yard catch and run on the play, so just the defense just you know did not show up there. Probably the only silver lining was that Clemson scored fast, so Buckeyes got the ball back with a minute 49 left in regulation and two timeouts. Fields took him right down the field, um, but got down to the Clemson 23 before a second and seven play sealed the deal. Chris Alave was running a post, broken off because he thought Fields was scrambling. Fields threw it to the middle of the end zone, and it probably would have been six if they were on the same page, but they weren't, and the game was over. Yeah, <laughs> that's 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 about as succinct of a way that you can like you know summarize breaking someone's heart as you can. Um, it, it really sucked, and as impressive as they looked on that final drive to lose it in that fashion is just it's heartbreaking. It sucks. 
High State finished the season at 13-1, to and uh, really the importance of not receiving the number one seed came into full focus there, especially when you saw what LSU did to Oklahoma. But obviously, Ryan Day proved he could coach with the best in college football. High State was par- prepared, had a great game plan, um, but it just not was just was not meant to be on that night. Up next, digging deeper into the game's many controversial moments, this is 11 Warrior Sunday on The Fan. You love sports? We love sports. You love the Buckeyes? We love, love the, the Buckeyes. Buckeyes. You love your mom? We love your mom. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Want a new career in HVAC or plumbing? Then Atlas Butler wants you. We're seeking energetic, enthusiastic people to join our team. We offer top pay and awesome benefits. Work in a collaborative environment with people who work hard and have fun. No experience? No problem. We provide training in our new state-of-the-art facility. We've been investing in our employees' futures for almost 100 years. Be part of a team you can be proud of. Atlas Butler. Start your new career today by calling 1-800-FURNACE. Hi, I'm Richard May from Jermaine Volkswagen of Columbus. And right now, we're hosting our first ever final sale. This week only, we're negotiating for you and specially marking every vehicle on our lot. With fantastic manufacturer's incentives, plus the final sale pricing, it'll never be easier or more affordable than this week at Jermaine VW. It's that simple. You don't want to miss the final sale right now at the all-new Jermaine VW. Or get started at JermaineVolkswagen.com. Did you know the arrow on Amazon's logo represents A to Z? Maybe the My Computer Career logo should represent unemployed to employed. Ryan was out of work when he started classes in March. In September, he started his IT career working for Amazon, making more money than he ever thought possible. So here's a prime opportunity. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You could start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. It ain't rocket science. It's My Computer Career. .edu. Foreclosure, repossession, garnishment, end the madness, end the madness now. The Law Office of Attorney Mark Herter is a debt relief agency that helps people file both Chapter 7 and Chapter 13 bankruptcy under the United States Bankruptcy Code. Call 444-LAW-0. That's 444-5290. Bankruptcy may relieve you from a financial crisis associated with an unexpected job loss, escalating medical bills, or a nasty divorce. Threaten utility shutoffs, out-of-control credit cards, and on top of that student loan default? End the madness. End the madness now. Call attorney Mark Herter at 444-LAW-0. Bankruptcy may provide a dignified solution to your financial predicament. Call 444-LAW-0, that's 444-5290 today, or visit online at markherder.com. Golink and Wingo. Butt naked. On one of... Sure. Okay. Butt naked. One of those... Did I say we're doing the show drunk today? I kind of feel like that goes with that theme. Golink and Wingo. Presented by Momo Express Car Wash. Weekday mornings at 6 on The Fan. ZZ Boots, made in the USA, industrial work boots by Chippewa, Carolina, Matterhorn, Thoroughgood, rare and exotic western boots, huge selection, biker boots by Double H, Chippewa, and Justin, 90-day layaway, ZZ Boots. In Columbus, there are some things you can't predict. Weather, traffic, how your team is going to do this season. But here's something you can count on. USAA Insurance. USAA is committed to doing things right. 
Delivering the savings and award-winning service that you deserve. USAA's intuitive app and innovative technology makes it easy, even with things like filing a claim. And right now, new discounts are available if you live in Ohio. So find out more about what USAA can do for your insurance needs at USAA.com. USAA.com. This holiday, celebrate like a caniac. Fill your sleigh at Raising Cane's with cooked-to-order chicken fingers, cane sauce, crinkle-cut fries, and fresh brewed tea. And make spirits bright with gift cards and our holiday plush puppy. Happy holidays from all of us. One love. Benny Wells here with my guy from Mobile Center Powered by Sprint, Mark Bleaks. Thanks, Beanie. Our team at Mobile Center is a proud partner with 97.1 The Fan. That's why when anyone who mentions 97.1 The Fan or Beanie Wells when they are purchasing or upgrading a line, they will get an extra 20% off their Beanie Bundle accessory pack. That's awesome, Mark. I have chosen Mobile Center as my wireless provider for both my family as well as my business. Is it a time for you to make the change? Find a Mobile Center location near you at mobilecenterinc.com. That's mobilecenterinc.com. Hey, it's Anthony Rothman back again with our good friend Bob Kendrick from ABC6 and Fox 28 News. Bob, the year is ending, but I know the news never stops. Well, that's right, Anthony. Always a new day, always new stories because of that. And I got two big ones here that I think are going to score big. All right, hit us with them. By the time this radio spot is over, a thief could steal your home, of all things. Monday on Fox 28 News at 10, we're going to explore just how easy it is for someone to steal your home right out from under you. Even the sprawling Rothman Estates. Leave the Rothman Estates alone. <laughs> yeah. Don't make me put up gates. We, we, we'll show you how to keep it safe here. And a two-point conversion here. Tuesday night on Fox 28 News, we'll ask if your neighborhood playground is safe. We've discovered that some of the most contaminated sites in the country have been converted into recreational areas. Not good, but those sound like two very big stories everyone should be aware of. Thank for stopping in, Bob. Always enjoy chatting with you, Anthony. So there you have it. Two big reasons to end your year with Bob Kendrick and the entire team from Fox 28 News at 10. And don't forget about ABC6 News at 11. Visit 971thefan.com to vote in the fan poll. Presented by Buyers Imports by the airport. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Welcome back to 11 Warriors Sunday on the fan. Chris Lauterbach joined by Johnny Ginner and Andy Vance. Also, Evil Bald Colin in the producer room. Oh, man. So we went through the first segment, kind of went blow by blow of how last night came to be. It was a, fun. A tragic ending for Ohio State. Yeah, luckily that's behind us. So now we can talk about the most controversial moments from... What was an instant classic? Probably not an instant classic I'll rewatch, even though I see we've got it on the screens in here. Um, but man, some big, some big plays last night. We'll get into, get in later to Ohio State, you know, red zone struggles and things where maybe they didn't execute, but, you know, a big part of this game that you simply can't overlook, um, is some of the, uh, officiating, um, nuances that, that, that really impacted the game. First one, I probably have the least problem with. Sean Wade ejected for targeting. Ohio State up 16 to nothing late in the second quarter. Um, it's a third and five play. Um, Wade comes in on a, a bit of a delayed corner blitz. Clemson doesn't pick it up and it results in a sack for about a 10 yard loss. Um, instead targeting is called. Wade does lead with his crown. I think what really hurt the play was one, it was on the quarterback, but two, Lawrence kind of ducked and spun, which really helped create the helmet to helmet situation. So instead of being fourth and 15 and Clemson needing to punt, uh, they get an automatic first down. Um, Clemson scored five. Scored a touchdown five plays later to make it 16 to seven with a little less than three minutes left in the first half. 
Was it the the right call, but a tough call? Where are you at on this one, Johnny? I mean, I think it was the right call. And while I think it should be a tough call because of the nuances involved in the play, I think for the refs, it was not a tough call. When you have a helmet-to-helmet hit on a quarterback, I don't care what the context is. They're going to call it. Especially if the quarterback Trevor Lawrence, right? Especially if the quarterback is Heisman winner Trevor Lawrence in a semifinal game. They're going to call that every single time. And again, people can quibble about the, you know, the nuances of the penalty and how it's supposed to be applied. I'm just telling people... If you see a quarterback get hit in the head with a helmet from a defensive player, that is going to be called every single time, regardless of what the actual penalty is supposed to be. Period. And I know it sucks that he like ducked and he's six foot six and all this other stuff, but it, it doesn't change the fact that that is going to get a flag every time. How much of it? How much of an impact was it that Wade uh, was out of the game? Huge impact. So there was a neat uh, little graphic from the Big Ten Network after the game. Uh, so. After that targeting penalty, Clemson, you know, went on basically on a twenty-nine to seven run. They'd scored nothing before that. Four hundred and twenty yards for Clemson. After that, one hundred and twenty-one of those were rushing yards. So, I mean, it was a huge change in complexion. ESPN stats and info pointed out that before that targeting call, uh, Clemson was averaging four point three yards per play. After that, not only did they score twenty-nine, but they were averaging eight and a half yards, eight point four yards per play. Brutal, brutal. I think Amir Reap came in. He got a PI on that same drive, but um, yeah, I think he uh, he kind of settled in and, and wasn't a huge huge deal going forward. But yeah, I mean, I think it was the right call. I think it was a tough call. I think it's really a bad rule. I heard a lot of different shows even early this morning talking about levels to personal fouls and while I like that that gives officials more opportunity to make judgment calls which they're not very good at doing right. so I'm not you know sure totally <laughs> where I land there but I think that call out of the three that we'll talk about here was probably the least awful. I yeah. think the issue that I have is with the, the kind of the narrative this morning that I'm hearing and you know, listening to some of the other shows isn't that the call on the field was wrong per se. It's that this is maybe the yeah, worst the rule. rule in the history yeah. of bad rules. Yeah. Yeah. And and the question needs to be not do we need different levels of targeting. It's this is a punitive, uh, overly punitive penalty. Ejecting a guy from the game. Fine, give him the 15 yards. If you want to sit him a half, maybe. But the whole game, that's way too right. much for what actually happened. Yeah, I mean, I think there are certain elements of that, you know, incident when that happens. And, you know, you saw that, for instance, in the LSU Oklahoma game where, yeah, eject the dude, right? If, if someone is deliberately, you know, leaving their feet, jumping out of guy's head, trying to basically knock his block off, I have no problem kicking that guy out of the game. Making that an essential part of the penalty, though, and saying that has to happen anytime that's called is just, to me, not fair. And, you know, Wade, Sean Wade not being back there for that defense hurt a lot. And he is he's really been the glue that's held a lot of those things together this past season, not having him in uh, hurt Ohio State. I think the next one up for discussion, Ohio State was penalized for roughing the punter on what became a touchdown drive to give Clemson its first lead. Ohio State was up 16-14. to 14. Uh, Clemson, with its second possession of the second half, was facing a fourth and six from its own 15-yard line. Day aggressively went for the block. Uh, don't have a huge, don't have a huge issue there. It'd be revisionist history to say that you know they should have played for the return. It was an aggressive call, um, but they ended up getting a roughing the punter instead of a running into the punter, which gives an automatic first down. And Trevor Lawrence ends up hitting uh, Travis Etienne for a 53-yard uh, touchdown. Uh, later on the drive, a veteran NFL ref, Terry McCauley, said it was running into the kicker, not roughing. He said the rule requires the kicker to be endangered. And said Brown, Cameron Brown, just just ran into him, didn't drive through him. So this one, I definitely has a bad call by the Zebras. Yeah, this sucked. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Look, if the punter initiates contact, right, if 
if the person going for the block, right, might make incidental contact or something like that, I'm fine with giving them a penalty on that. But if the punter is the one that initiates most of that contact, there's no way that can be called roughing. And I know that's the way they're taught, and they, they are going to elaborate and embellish whatever kind of contact they get. But that to me, that's not roughing. And obviously that was huge because it allowed the drive to be sustained and then you know allow Clemson to take a lead. And then the most huge occurred uh, shortly after overturning a uh, the officials' replay booth overturned a Jordan Fuller touchdown following a first forced fumble from Jeff Okuda to take an Ohio State score off the board. So the Buckeyes were still down twenty-one to sixteen. Um, Ohio State defense was uh, you know got him into third and nineteen. Lawrence completes the pass allegedly. Jeff Okuda forces the fumble on on a Justin Ross catch. It looked like Ross took him at least three steps, if not four. Drops it, Fuller scoops it up and scores. The officials rule it a touchdown on the field, but the replay booth overturns. This is one of those scenarios where why that was reviewed. You know, that's where uh, I think Joe Klatt and some of the other folks I was reading on on Twitter made some good points that this review and replay system, we've gone too far and this is a great example. If you were looking for conspiracy theory fodder <laughs> that the SEC officials uh, had an outcome in mind here, this is the play that you would go back to and say, here is prima facie evidence that things got screwy when they shouldn't have. And Terry McCauley again said there's absolutely no way replay should have reversed the call. There right. was not indisputable video evidence. He said it simply was not there. Um, Joel Klatt tweeted after the game that he spoke with Gene Smith, and Smith was and Smith was livid with what he felt was a clear overreach from the replay booth a couple times. Gene Smith also uh, talked with Yahoo's Pete Thamel and, 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 and told Pete, hey, I, w- I want people to know how pissed I am. Basically tell him, yeah. hey, feel free to <laughs> broadcast, broadcast this out to the world. Right. Um, I, Gene has a, has a right to be upset, correct? Gene has a lot of sway in the college football world. And for a guy like him to come out and say that and want to put it out in public and say, look, I'm furious about this call. This was done incorrectly. Look, I don't think any Ohio State fan is saying, okay, let's, okay, we've got to replay the festival then. Like, that's, you know, just got to rewind it from that point. I think what's important, though, is that when you have an event, you have a play, and there is a call on that play, there has to be a preponderance of evidence to be able to overturn that. And what it felt like was that the referees basically reset the entire expectations when they saw the replay. They are like, you know what? doesn't matter what was said on the field. We're just going to make our call determinant on what we're seeing on this replay. And that's not how you're supposed to do it. And the reason for that is because we talk about this you know, the day after and have these controversies about whether you know replay is important or not. Well, it's going to invalidate the whole process if we question every single call that's made on the field. Two brutal calls win against Ohio State. Definitely critical plays in the game. Not the only, but definitely critical plays. When we come back, 11 Warriors senior reporter Dan Hope joins the program for Inside the Beat. This is 11 Warriors Sunday on The Fan. One guy is fat. The other is fatter. And both are kind of stupid. Pretty much sums up the whole show. Uh-huh. Common Man and Tebow. Oh. Weekdays from 3 to 6. The Fan. Hey, it's Pick and Pull with the one gift everybody loves for Christmas. Candy! No, cash! Cash! Just go to pickandpull.com or call 800-442-JUNK and turn your old junk car into cash. Cash to buy more presents! Cash to pay bills! Just call 800-442-JUNK. That's 800-442-5865. Or go to pickandpull.com. Your old junk car doesn't even have to be running because they'll arrange a tow. So call 800-442-JUNK and Pick and Pull will give you Christmas cash for your junk car. That's 800-442-JUNK or go to pickandpull.com. It's a great feeling doing business. 
Lease a new 2019 CRV EX for only $199 per month for 36 months during the real sale at John Hinderer Honda, Route 79 in Heath, or visit hinderahonda.com. Open Sundays. With approved credit, can't combine offers in stock only. $31.99 down, 12,000 miles per year. Ends January 6th. See dealer for details. It's a great feeling doing business with John Hinderer Honda. Welcome to Metro by T-Mobile. Santa, what are you doing here? Christmas is over. Oh, hello. I was so busy giving gifts to everyone, I guess I forgot myself. What? Well, you're in the right place. Metro is having the biggest end-of-year sales event right now. Really? How big? (laughs) Pretty big. Like, awesome free phone big. Unbelievable. Oh, you better believe, Santa. Metro has a big selection from top brands like Samsung, LG, and Motorola with huge HD screens and tons of memory. And they're free just for activating a new line. Wow, Jamie, it's just what I wanted. Uh, how did you know my name? Well, it's on your name tag. Uh, Now, help me choose one of these awesome phones. Santa needs to stream. Head to Metro for your awesome free phone at the biggest end-of-year sales event. Choose from a huge selection of top brands like Samsung, LG, and Motorola. They're all free, and they're only at Metro. Plus sales tax and activation fee. Limit four per account or household. See store for details and terms and conditions. It's a New Year's Day packed with college football goodness. The Citrus Bowl, the Rose Bowl, and the Sugar Bowl are all here. Live coverage starts Wednesday afternoon at 1. Your official home for bowl season. The Van Ohio Sports Destination. Being in the Army National Guard is about more than serving your country. It's about being there for your community when your neighbors need you most. The Army National Guard makes college affordable, and serving part-time can help you graduate debt-free. Do you want to stay close to friends and family? The Guard allows you to serve close to home. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard lets you have the life you want. Learn more by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. What's up, guys? Join me, Timmy Hall, at Harry Buffalo in Westerville at 7 p.m. on December 28th for another big game watch party. Why stay home when you can come out to Harry Buffalo and hang with some of your best friends from the fan? Feast on Harry Buffalo's signature bison burgers. Quench your thirst with specials on Coors Light buckets. And you can keep the cup of a tall Coors Light draft. And there's dozens of big screens so you can stay locked in. No bad seats in the house. Plus fan games and your chance to win really cool prizes. So get to the buff. That's December 28th at 7 p.m. at Harry Buffalo in Westerville. As we motor through the 21st century, improvements in technology continue to make life better for all of us. This is Tony Valentine with TNT Equipment. TNT is helping to improve production in the construction industry with a new mass climbing machine. It's the Pro Series GPU, a gasoline-powered mass climber with an 11,000-pound weight capacity that can travel up to 27 feet per minute. This machine has uses for all trades, from masonry to stucco to restoration. In the past, contractors needed one machine for speed and a different machine for power. Our GPU has both. Of course, we continue to carry tube scaffold, system scaffold, crank up and swing stages, in addition to our full line of mass climbers. If you need to get up in the air, TNT can get you there. Call us at 614-882-1549. TNT is the present and the future of scaffold. We make it happen. Happy birthday to us. Proud to be your heritage sports talker for 25 years. And we couldn't do it without you. Now let's hug the fan Ohio sports destination. It's time to go inside the beat on 11 Warriors Sunday. 
And we're back on 11 Warriors Sunday. Chris Lauterbach, Johnny Ginner, Andy Vance, Colin Berenger producing. Going to go inside the beat. You heard the man. We've got Dan Hope, senior reporter for 11 Warriors. He was uh, out in Glendale for all of the action uh, last night. I know it's early out there in Arizona. Dan, are you with us? Yes, I am. I am, barely. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> boy, you sound, uh, yeah, sound like you were working pretty hard last night. So uh, we'll, we'll get right to it. Don't have a lot of time. We want you to be able to get back to bed. So uh, we just discussed our thoughts on some of the game's controversial calls. Joel Klatt, Gene Smith, Terry McCauley, others have chimed in too, but just wondered where you stood, and, you know, especially after you were able to attend all the post-game media. Where, where do you stand on the roughing, the punter, the targeting on Wade, and the overturn of Fuller's touchdown uh, following Akuta's forced fumble? What did you learn? Yeah, I think you know. I think the targeting penalty on Wade is one of those tough calls where, technically, it, it probably follows the letter of the rule of targeting. But I think it's another one of those plays that you look at and go, you know, is the targeting rule good? Is is does the rule need to be changed? Because, as I think a lot of people made the point, he he was just going in to make a play, Trevor Lawrence dropped his head that leads to his helmet going helmet to helmet with with Trevor Lawrence so I, I think that was a real tough break for Sean Wade to to be thrown out of the game on that play uh, I, I think that was a really tough break for him and you know certainly a turning point in the game uh, roughing the punter I think was roughing the punter Clemson's punter I think did a good job of selling it but I, I think it was it was still definitely roughing the punter but the one of the third quarter, I think, is really the one that, you know, really Ohio State has a gripe with in terms of the fumble return for a touchdown. Because I think regardless of whether you think it was a fumble or an incomplete pass, to overturn the call, I just don't know how you would say there was indisputable evidence that Justin Ross had not caught the ball when it certainly looked like he had made a catch and made a couple steps with the ball before Jeff Okuda knocked it out. Dan, Herbie and Fowler made quite a bit of noise during the broadcast about how wet the turf was. So how, how what were the field conditions really, and how much of an impact did the team feel it had on their chances during the game? Yeah, you know, I, I didn't really notice it when I was down on the field before the game, so I'd have to take their word for it. It's an it's an unusual field there where they bring the grass in from outside and then play inside. So uh, I don't I don't know enough about the science of all that to understand you know why it would be getting wet like that. But you know we do know that you know Ohio State the only ever time they played on grass this year was at Northwestern. So it's an unusual surface for them. I'm sure it, it took some getting used to and. That's probably why we saw some more slipping from them because I think they're so used to playing on turf that any anytime you don't, that's going to be an adjustment. So, you know, we've talked a lot about some of the difficulties that Ohio State had with the officiating, with the field, things like that. Um, I want to ask you, Dan, how would you assess how Justin Fields did? Uh, not just maybe in, you know, a hugely important game, I think, for Ohio State, but maybe the biggest game he's ever played in his life. So how do you think he handled the um, the spotlight, and how do you think he did overall as a quarterback? Yeah, I thought for the most part he, he handled it well. I thought, you know, he, he made a, a lot of good plays. For the most part, he was 
on point with his passing of the ball. I mean, you look at his numbers, he had over 300 passing yards. Uh, made a couple plays with his legs. Don't think he was 100%, so I think he was hindered somewhat in that regard in terms of his running ability. But, you know, overall, I thought he handled it well. Obviously, had two interceptions after throwing only one all year before that, but I don't think the last interception was his fault. Chris Olave acknowledged after the game that, you know, he made the decision to break off the route because he thought Justin Fields was scrambling. So I, I can't put that on one on Fields. I think even Chris Olave knew that he was the one who was to blame for that. You did have the interception earlier in the game, had a couple others that he got away with. But, you know, overall, I thought he played well. I certainly uh, would not put the blame for Ohio State's loss last night on Justin Fields. You're listening to 11 Warriors Sunday. We're joined by Dan Hope, 11 Warriors senior reporter. And, and Dan, you know, you touched touched on Justin Fields. I, I thought the kid played a played a heck of a game on on a huge stage. But beyond Fields, or maybe Fields is the answer. But who or what do you think had the biggest impact on the uh, on the outcome of the game? Yeah, you know, I, I think it was just a, an accumulation, really, where I think. You know, it, it's so easy to own in on one thing, whether it, it was the interception at the end of the game or the targeting call on Sean Wade or the overturned touchdown. Those were all huge moments in the game, but if any one of those go in a different way, we could be talking about an Ohio State win right now. But it, to me, you, you really just have to look at the complete picture, the accumulation of it, because you look back to the first half, three times Ohio State gets inside the red zone and then they have to settle for a field goal. And then you add all those other things we just talked about. It's just the accumulation of it. There's there's at least 26 points there that Ohio State left on the table or had taken away from them in the case of the touchdown return. So if, if, if you don't have all of those missed opportunities, if you, if you don't have those calls go against you, this could have been a lopsided win for Ohio State. If Ohio State had had a 28 nothing lead, in the second quarter, Clemson was not going to come back. I think Ohio State just would have continued to roll. So I think it was just an accumulation of just missed opportunities, and it finally caught up to them at the end of the game when you know they needed to make a play. They still had a chance to win the game, and I think that's indicative of the fact that really, for the most part, Ohio State outplayed Clemson on Saturday night. But when you let a team like Clemson hang around, because you're not finishing drives, you're not you're not scoring touchdowns at every big opportunity. It's eventually going to come back and bite you. Yeah, no, absolutely, and, and well put. I think it is an accumulation of things. It's hard, you know, it's easy to point to just one thing, right? Especially in the emotion following a game. For me, I think the red zone struggles is you know top top of mind for me, and then just Trevor Lawrence just being being a stud, whether we want to admit it or not. Um, one more question for you, Dan, before we let you get back to bed. Um, LSU and Clemson, man, that should be one hell of a matchup. Who wins and why? Yeah, I, I think it is going to be another fantastic game, like we saw last night watching LSU yesterday, or at least what I was able to see, that they certainly looked really impressive. Joe Burrow doing a fantastic job. And I, I think most likely most Ohio State fans are going to be rooting for LSU. But I, I said before this game, I said I was going to pick whoever won Clemson-Ohio State to win the national championship. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with it. I think Ohio State is a really, really good team. And I think Clemson's a really, really good team that got the better of them last night. And 
So I, I'm going to pick Clemson to go 15-0 for the second year in a row and win the national title. I think I might be with you. Dan, thanks for everything all year. I know we'll talk next week, but on the road with, with Colin uh, Hosshill and, and Zach Carpenter, you are just one of the best in the business, truly. So we appreciate you getting up early today and uh, dropping some knowledge on us. Um, coming up, Red Zone Offense did Ohio State zero favors in the desert. This is 11 Warriors, Sunday on the fan. We are everywhere. On your radio, online, the fan app, Alexa, and behind you in your car right now. Too creepy? Sorry. The fan, Ohio's sports destination. Hi, I'm Rich Jermaine. And as the Hyundai holidays wind down at Jermaine Hyundai, we're making things simple with a final sale. We're marking every vehicle on the lot with the absolute lowest price we can take. Right now, get 0% on the 2019 Tucson or Santa Fe. Plus, every car comes with peace of mind thanks to Hyundai Assurance and America's best 10-year, 100,000-mile warranty. Don't miss the final sale right now at Jermaine Hyundai or get started at JermaineHyundai.com. Financing on limited term with approved credit ends one 2 ZZ Boots, made in the USA, industrial work boots by Chippewa, Carolina, Matterhorn, Thoroughgood, rare and exotic western boots, huge selection, biker boots by Double H, Chippewa, and Justin, 90-day layaway, ZZ Boots. This holiday, celebrate like a caniac. Fill your sleigh at Raising Cane's with cooked-to-order chicken fingers, cane sauce, crinkle-cut fries, and fresh brewed tea. And make spirits bright with gift cards and our holiday plush puppy. Happy holidays from all of us. One love. Did you know the arrow on Amazon's logo represents A to Z? Maybe the My Computer Career logo should represent unemployed to employed. Ryan was out of work when he started classes in March. In September, he started his IT career working for Amazon, making more money than he ever thought possible. So here's a prime opportunity. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You could start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. It ain't rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. Spend the day getting lost in art or discovering fossils. Free. With Bank of America's Museums on Us program, cardholders can enjoy their favorite museums on the first full weekend of every month. But this December, we're adding the 26th to the 31st. In Columbus, that means COSI. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash museums. What would you like the power to do? Check with participating partners for operating hours. One free general admission per individual cardholder. Bank of America N.A. Member FDIC. The Jackets are back on the ice to battle the Blackhawks. Live fan coverage from Nationwide starts Sunday afternoon at 4.30. Brought to you by your Columbus area Volkswagen dealers. Your flagship home for the Columbus Blue Jackets. The fan. While other funeral homes claim to be the least expensive, that's simply not true. I'm Bob Spears, and at Jerry Spears Funeral Home, we provide you with a dignified service at a guaranteed low price. We are locally owned, and my brother Steve and I are proud to be part of four generations of family serving Central Ohio for 90 years. Contact us at Jerry Spears Funeral Home, where you can expect compassion and affordability. Call 614-274-5092 or go to jerryspearsfuneralhome.com. Hey, it's Anthony Rothman, back again with our good friend Bob Kendrick from ABC6 and Fox 28 News. Bob, the year is ending, but I know the news never stops. Well, that's right, Anthony. Always a new day, always new stories because of that. And I got two big ones here that I think are going to score big. All right, hit us with them. By the time this radio spot is over, a thief could steal your home, of all things. Monday on Fox 28 News at 10, we're going to explore just how easy it is for someone to steal your home right out from under you. Even the sprawling Rothman Estates. Leave the Rothman Estates alone. (laughs) Don't make me put up gates. We'll show you how to keep it safe here. And a two-point conversion here. Tuesday night on Fox 28 News, 
Well, ask if your neighborhood playground is safe. We've discovered that some of the most contaminated sites in the country have been converted into recreational areas. Not good, but those sound like two very big stories everyone should be aware of. Thanks for stopping in, Bob. Always enjoy chatting with you, Anthony. So there you have it. Two big reasons to end your year with Bob Kendrick and the entire team from Fox 28 News at 10. And don't forget about ABC6 News at 11. Windows? APCO. No down payment needed. If you trust us, we trust you. Visit APCO.com for more information. You've got to know APCO is the place to go. Absolutely, absolutely, you can trust APCO. The Ford F-150, America's most iconic truck, can be yours today. This is Ryan Krieger for Krieger Ford. And with 14500 off MSRP on an F-150 XLT, it's a great time to buy. 0% for 72 months financing, also available. Visit KriegerFord.com for details and conditions. Helping you lower your at-work production. Carpenter and Rothman. Get back to work. Weekdays from noon to 3. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. We're back, 11 Warriors Sunday on 97.1 The Fan. Chris Lauterbach with Johnny Ginter and Andy Vance flanking me, Colin Barringer in the booth. Uh, let's get to some small items from the game. Uh, Tease before the last segment, uh, red zone offense doing a high State zero favors. And, you know, wow, that's exactly what we saw yesterday. High State got nine points in the first half on three trips to the red zone when, you know, ideally you're going to get you're going to get 21 there. Opening drive of the game, Ohio State goes down all the way to the Clemson four and has to settle for a field goal. That one was painful because Ohio State had a—I mean, they had a touchdown. Yeah. Um, Garrett Wilson gets a catch to the gets a twenty-two yard catch down two. I think it was the four, and a couple of JK runs end up stalling. But what what really was painful there was um, after the Garrett Wilson catch. They decide they want to replay it, but they do it right as Ohio State is snapping the ball, and J.K. is clearly going to score a touchdown <laughs> off that tackle. I actually think, I honestly, God, think they were running hurry up at that point purely because Ryan Day knew exactly what he had. He did not want anything to mess up the flow of what they were going for. And you could, he, I mean, on the broadcast, you could even see how angry he was because he knew, he knew they had a touchdown. And to, to be able to pull that off, you know, at the very you know beginning of the game, uh, that would have been really, really nice, and it's it stinks. I mean, it's it's just one of those things. I mean, obviously, you know, we complain about the refs, but that's them doing their jobs in that moment. But um, yeah, that's rough for Ohio State. Goes back to the thing we said earlier that this review system's kind of wonky. We're we're really changing the tempo, the timing of the game, the complexion of the game by when they call in these reviews from the booth. Yeah. Absolutely. And I do, we won't touch on it later, so I do want to say Garrett Wilson had four catches for 47 yards, two freshmen f- wrapping up a, a pretty strong first season. I, just, I feel like that kid's just got future star written all over him. He had some pretty, good, pretty big catches last night uh, for the Buckeyes. Sticking with the red zone, up 10 to nothing. Ohio State gets a 64-yard run from uh, J.K. Dobbins to set up first and goal from the eight. Get an incompletion to K.J. Hill, a three-yard J.K. run, and then field just you know just doesn't put enough air underneath a pass for jk dobbins coming out of the backfield should have been a touchdown was initially ruled so um but the ball definitely hit the ground do you think i'm gonna i want to ask you too do you think that jk being maybe a little bit hobbled and justin fields not having uh as big of an impact in the running game because of his knee do you think that impacts you know especially when getting like first and 10 or first and goal from the 10 
and in, inside because to me, I don't think that Clemson respected the fact that Ohio State could just kind of pound it on the ground and, and get it in the end zone. I think they were they were able to key in on on those passes and things like that. I, th- I think even with it, Ohio State was able to move the ball as evidenced by the 516 yards or whatever it was. We said they you know they put on them plus 100 over Clemson basically in total yards. I I feel like on that particular play, feels just was a little excited. This yeah. was clearly going to be a touchdown and just put too much heat on it. Yeah, and the other thing, too, Ohio State's receivers have been so fantastic, they've made Fields look maybe even better than he is. I think Fields has been tremendous. And in a couple of those places we talked about, like, well, uh, maybe he got away with some interceptions last night. And there have been catches earlier in the season that really made him look like a superstar. Dobbins isn't the pass catcher the receivers are. And so there were a couple of those drops he had that were real potential game changers. Right, right. On the and so they kick a field goal there, go up thirteen nothing. Then on the very next possession, still at thirteen zip, they go seventy yards in fourteen plays, but again only get three points as Fields hit Austin Mack in the back of the end zone. He was just out of bounds, and then J.K. dropped a screen pass that looked like it had touchdown written all over it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm gonna laud J.K. for everything that he did in this game. I think he he played with a ton of heart and a ton of spirit, and just you know coming out and getting hurt and, and doing things anyway. Uh, you gotta you gotta you gotta get that catch secured and then make that touchdown because that was not only at a critical point in the game, but it was just it was right there for him. It was not any it was not a difficult play I think for him to convert. And I just think. You know, with Justin Fields in the previous one that we just talked about, you just got a little bit ahead of yourself. Yeah, I don't think Dobbins knew how much green space he actually had. He was catching it, you know, trying to look up field, right. and uh, yeah, needed to ha- needed to haul it in first. The kind of things that happen in a game, but was you know certainly a, a pivotal moment for that moment at that time. Again, leading to another field goal and a sixteen nothing lead with seven twenty left in the half. So you're feeling good, but you're also feeling a little squeamish of you know what you might have left on the table. You can't go to the goal line three times and walk away with nine points. Period. Yeah, not in the not in a college football playoff semifinal. You're definitely definitely playing with fire there. Um, Ryan Day, you know, just speaking of the offense, just I, I really loved the way he called the game almost exclusively. I think got conservative at at one little point there when things just seemed like they wouldn't go right. Felt like Penn State game a little bit where because of the fumbles and yeah. that kind of thing, it was like, hey, we got to go. You know, kind of went into a I don't say went into a shell, but definitely got a little conservative. But other than that, man, I thought he dominated. Uh, Brent Venables early um, and and really did some good things, some creative things. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I really love watching about this game is, is kind of the evolution of Ryan Day as a play caller. And you can definitely see how coaches can put their own stamp on teams when it comes to that kind of play calling. We've seen Ryan Day in the past really dial up some some unique, interesting plays at, at critical times. I mean, you want to talk about, you know, against Wisconsin, for example, you know, where they're doing the fake punt, uh, which, you know, it didn't necessarily to points, but it was a huge I think it was a huge momentum shift in that game. Uh, there was a hilarious onside kick against Maryland. Um, there was the, I think the the QB sneak early in the game that kind of froze everybody, where they they kind of just you know faked out the uh, the Clemson defensive line. There's a lot of things that he does, I think, as a play caller that relies on both tempo and misdirection, and I love that because it, it it feels organic. It doesn't feel like something that he's just trying to include to, you know, okay, I've got to do something wild here to, to try to generate momentum or energy. It seems like it's at a part of his offense that he's created, and I really appreciate that. And he's such a smart play caller. I mean, you just watch every step of the chess match, as they kept calling it. He had an answer for Venables, who's arguably the best guy in the business right. at his coaching position right now. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely earned his keep last night. I love the fourth and one pass to Alave. You know, instead of just going for something tentative to get the first down, throws right. it in the end zone, and they and what could have been the game winning play. <laughs> I mean. Alave was going to be open. He was breaking open, and there was no one else there. I, I thought that was a great play call as well. Um, last last item I want to hit on here is just you know a hat tip to Trevor Lawrence. I, th- I think he showed um, you know showed just what type of elite performer he is. Um, ran into a tough Ohio State defense that really played well, especially in the secondary, and still two hundred fifty two hundred fifty nine yards passing, two touchdowns, and really did his work in the second half. But what really stood out was the way he ran the ball last night. Uh, Sixteen carries, hundred seven yards and a rushing touchdown it was his first 100 yard rushing game of his career so basically he accounted for 366 of clemens of clemson's 417 total yards of offense yeah i mean travis Etienne being uh, bottled up for most of the game and you clemson had to generate um you know rushing prowess from some part of the field and, and obviously trevor learns people people kind of underestimate his running ability he he will go off for 10 15 carries a game occasionally and and while he obviously hasn't had a 100 yard rushing game before this uh particular game um he has that capability and you watch him gallop down the sidelines he's six foot six every stride he takes is four yards i mean the dude can run and i that was to me a game-changing element especially in the second half uh for the tigers etn being the leading receiver for the tigers yeah because the cornerbacks had pretty well shut down those six and a half foot tall mutants I give Lawrence a lot of credit as well. He took some shots last night. It wasn't just the Wade helmet to helmet. There were a lot of times, even on that play, Young, you know, kind of twisted him up into a pretzel, and the, mm-hmm. and the kid just kept getting back up. When we come back, this week's question: Who or what had the biggest impact on the outcome of the game? Hit us up at six one four eight two one ninety seven ten. This is Eleven Warriors Sunday on the Fan. Love Buckeye basketball. Here's some required listening. The Chris Holtman Show. All the news and notes you need right from the coach's mouth monday at noon the fan Colin Man here for Universal Windows Direct. Listen, it's cold outside. If you're feeling it in your house or you felt cold inside last winter, you need new windows. Don't suffer through one more winter in a cold, uncomfortable home. My guys, Bill and Mike, back up all their windows with a true lifetime warranty. So you're covered for as long as you own your home and 30 years to the next homeowner. Right now, buy two windows, get two windows free. Buy eight, get eight free. Buy 40, get 40 free. See what I'm doing? No limits. Check out my guys now, UniversalWindowsDirect.com. Are you a smart mouth? Then you know Comfort Dental costs less with the same great care. Comfort Dental accepts all types of insurance. Ask about the gold plan for more savings. Make an appointment at Comfort Dental today. New patients are just $19, including exam and x-ray, a $185 value. Payment due at time of service. For dentist contact info, visit ComfortDental.com. Services provided by a state-licensed general dentist. Comfort Dental will be there when you need us. In Columbus, there are some things you can't predict. Weather, traffic, how your team is going to do this season. But here's something you can count on. USAA Insurance. USAA is committed to doing things right. Delivering the savings and award-winning service that you deserve. USAA's intuitive app and innovative technology makes it easy, even with things like filing a claim. And right now, new discounts are available if you live in Ohio. So find out more about what USAA can do for your insurance needs at USAA.com. USAA.com. Welcome to Metro by T-Mobile. Santa, what are you doing here? Christmas is over. Oh, hello. I was so busy giving gifts to everyone, I guess I forgot myself. What? Well, you're in the right place. Metro is having the biggest end-of-year sales event right now. Really? 
How big? <laughs> Pretty big. Like awesome free phone big. Unbelievable. Oh, you better believe Santa. Metro has a big selection from top brands like Samsung, LG, and Motorola with huge HD screens and tons of memory. And they're free just for activating a new line. Wow, Jamie, it's just what I wanted. Uh, how did you know my name? Well, it's on your name tag. Uh, now help me choose one of these awesome phones. Santa needs to stream. Head to Metro for your awesome free phone at the biggest end-of-year sales event. Choose from a huge selection of top brands like Samsung, LG, and Motorola. They're all free, and they're only at Metro. Plus sales tax and activation fee. Limit four per account or household. See store for details and terms and conditions. Hi, I'm Rick Jermaine from Toyota West. And right now, we're hosting our first ever final sale. This week only, we're negotiating for you and marking every vehicle on the lot with the lowest price we can take. With fantastic manufacturers and centers, plus our final sale pricing, it'll never be easier and prices just can't get any lower. If you've thought about buying a car or plan to do so in the next few months, you don't want to miss this opportunity. The final sale, right now at Toyota West or Toyota Air Quote Insurance Studios. They do the shopping, you do the saving. CompareQuoteInsurance.com WBNS FM HD1 Columbus. All Buckeyes. All Buckeyes. All the time. The Buckeye Show. Weeknights at 6. Your flagship home for Ohio State Athletics. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Call in now, 614-821-9710. Put on your philosopher hats. Provoking deep thought on this week's question. We want to hear your answers. Welcome back to 11 Warriors Sunday on The Fan. Chris Lauterbach joined by Johnny Ginter and Andy Vance. Producer Colin in the booth. Uh, you heard the man this week's question. Who or what had the biggest impact on the outcome of Ohio State's 29-23 to loss to Clemson last night in a college football playoff semifinal? Uh, lots of directions that you can go here in a game that just had so many, so many twists and turns. And despite all those twists and turns, Ohio State had the lead with about three minutes and seven seconds left and still ended up on the wrong side of history. Uh, Colin, oh, Colin's going to have to get some calls. I want to get Colin's take on this. Andy, I'll start with you. Who, who or what had the biggest impact on the outcome of the game in your opinion? Yeah, it was those red zone struggles early in the game. You, you turn not even all three, but you turn maybe one of those three field goals into a touchdown. It's a totally different game. Now, the passionate fan in me that was like throwing things, maybe not literally, but figuratively last night, wants to blame it on that horrible, atrocious, terrible, bad overturn of the scoop score fumble touchdown like that feels like it but really if i get back and and take out some of that that fan passion and get super objective those red zone trips were just killers you can't settle for three when you need seven in a game like that yeah i can't can't argue with that i know we got some callers in cuba johnny briefly what uh what do you got uh davos when he um Paid off the refs. And Why they're going to say invoked God? And- no, no, no. Well, I mean, there might have been divine intervention as well. But no, I'm I'm kidding. I actually agree with you, man. I, I think Andy nailed it. It's it's the red zone struggles. You go up. Let's say you even convert one of those for touchdowns. You go up by a significant amount. Where I don't think Clemson really has the wherewithal to get back in that game because they're going to become one dimensional, just too one dimensional. And yeah, I, I think that was it. I think that's what really was the killer. Yep, all all good points for sure. Red Zone's probably top of my list. Trevor Lawrence being a difference maker's up there, and the you know a couple of those calls, particularly the overturned touchdown. But let's get some callers here. It looks like we've got Steve. I know he's got a take. Try to get to Steve here. Steve, are you with us? 
Yes, good morning. How are you guys going? We're doing great, thank you. So what do you got? Who or what had the biggest outcome on the game last night? Um, the referees, of course, they had a big outcome. But I think the biggest was Chase Young's lack of performance. Seems like if he can't come off that edge and get directly to the quarterback, he has problems breaking down and getting to the secondary assignment. A lot of those runs Trevor Lawrence had was right off that end where he's at. He just came straight up the field, didn't break down for some reason, reach out, get a hand on him, anything. And, of course, the referees on that catch, no catch, return for the touchdown. That was just straight BS. <laughs> we uh, we hear you, Steve. Thank you for the call. Yeah, I think uh, Chase Young's an interesting uh, interesting thing to bring up. I felt like he brought some pressure off the edge, but I do agree with Steve. There were times, especially in the run game, where Lawrence read him and read him effectively, yeah. and, and you know, kind of exploited uh, some over aggressiveness at times. Um, I think Young, because of maybe a lack of statistical production, was. was Pressing a little bit. I think he was pressing a little bit because he wants to get the big sack. But honestly, if you look at the game, I, I think he had a pretty big impact. And he was constantly in the backfield, forcing Trevor Lawrence to make quick reads, the, to get out the you know the the short throw as opposed to the long deep pass. Um, I think he had an impact. I just don't think he had the statistical impact that a lot of people would want to see. Credited with two tackles and one quarterback hurry. You know, I think his his pressure, his presence led to some other guys being able to make plays. That's the thing that's hard to quantify in the right. stat sheet, the, the, the pressure he brings and gives some of those interior linemen a chance to make plays. I, I would agree. I think he had a good game. He just didn't have a great game, and he hasn't had one in quite a while, and that's what the expectations turned out to be, especially right. for a Heisman finalist. So, yeah, I don't I don't think he played poorly. I just don't think he did enough um, last night, and I can understand where folks you know would feel similar. Right. Let's go to Nikki. Nikki, are you with us? Yes, I am. Good morning. So what do you got? Who or what had the biggest impact on the outcome of the game last night? Unfortunately, I have to say the defense because we weren't the same after they kicked our guy out and it just kept showing up that Trevor Lawrence was exposing and successfully moving down the field. After that, we had to play offense and defense and it was we couldn't equate to both. And we came away three times down on their side of the field with three field goals, like you said earlier. And it all equated to coming up with a loss, unfortunately. And and I, you know, and I, I live in a house divided. I live out here in California. My husband and I went to Ohio State, and of course, it's been brutal. <laughs> wow, yeah, Nikki, we appreciate you listening all the way from the uh, from the left coast. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> my uh, my wife sits on the couch and texts during the game, and I have to be like, "Look at this! Look at this! Look at this!" So uh, sounds like you're, you're you're dialed in. So I can appreciate that. If you're ever yeah. in Columbus, you can watch yeah. the game at my house. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you for the call, Nikki. All right, let's see. Uh, who do who else do we want to get to here? Bill, let's check in with Bill. Bill, are you with us? Uh, yeah. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Uh, first off, I got to say, this, this, this loss hurts pretty bad. This is one of the most talented teams, if not the most, I've seen in my life since, you know, me watching games in the late 80s till now. Um, because that really they had a they had all the chances to win it. I think besides the red zone issues, um, the one thing that sticks out in my mind this morning is not being able to extend and keep the drive going right before Clemson got the ball back and, 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 you know, went their 70 some yard March down the field for the game winning touchdown. We had a third and five right at midfield and guys, you know, champions got to convert that and extend that drive and draw that clock down. And, um, we just, we weren't able to do that. 
So I think that's one one piece of the puzzle that nobody's really mentioning this morning besides all the other calls and all the other stuff. I, that they had a chance to win despite all of that, and, and you have to try to you have to convert and, and, and take those opportunities despite all the adversity they face. So I'll hang up here. What you guys have to say? Very good. Yeah, thank you for the call, Bill. I think, uh, yeah, you know, and, and we we touched on it very briefly, but I think there were a couple instances there where overall we've lauded Dave for his play calling. Oh, yeah. There were one or two instances in there where um, that that third down play. I know Colin. We were talking during the break uh, that third and five, and you run you run a tunnel screen to Mac, who maybe isn't the most elusive receiver, and uh, you know you're basically forcing yards after the catch to be able to convert. Um, so a, a little tough there, but yeah, it's hard to. I, I get the intent of the call for sure. A little hard to nitpick with with some of the other things that Dave was able to dial up i think yeah i i mean you know when you look at the you look at the various calls and things that were made you can look at it all in a vacuum but when you actually have to understand in the course of a game it's easy to see how you can get caught up in the flow of what's happening and in retrospect some of it doesn't look that great but i agree overall i think ryan day did an excellent job but you can definitely look at some some plays and go well, why'd you do that oh in any game yeah especially when you end up on the wrong end of it uh, and and do turn out 500 yards. There's going to be some things to question, no doubt, and 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 fairly question. Yeah. Let's go to Jay. Jay, are you with us? Hey guys. Um, I would say biggest impact on the game was equally between Ryan Day and Justin Fields. Play calling. You know, a lot of the game was good, but it seemed like in real crunch time, they got Ryan Day just wasn't calling. He just wasn't going the short passing game enough. Like Clemson was clearly in a five-man front with two deep coverage. Like, those underneath routes are there all day. We hit some of them, but we really should have been just, you know, throwing that all day because it was there all day. And then number two, Justin Fields, you know, he threw for a lot of yards and stuff, but, man, the guy just holds the ball too long. He holds the ball too long, and it led to those two interceptions. And they really got to develop a more consistent passing game next year because just because you're throwing on Big Ten defenses doesn't mean you're going to be able to throw on actual elite defenses, and they really need to find a consistent passing game that's not so slow developing for teams that lead to sacks or interceptions. Thank you for the call, Jay. Uh, Johnny, I think you had some thoughts there. Yeah, I mean, he he threw for 320 yards against the Brent Venables defense. I'm not... I understand that, you know, when you see that final drive and they're getting a lot of those, you know, flat routes out to JK and whatnot and they're able to move the ball really efficiently, you're like, okay, why can't they do that the rest of the game? You can't necessarily do that the rest of the game because it does depend on what the defense is giving you. And I thought he played really well. I don't know how you can honestly complain about 320 yards passing, 30 for 46. I mean, the picks suck, but... Yeah, I think he had a great game. Well, it was one pick. I mean, there was one pick on him, Isaiah Simmons. He didn't see Simmons, and Simmons came over and picked the ball off, and that's one you want back. Um, I won't argue the hold the ball too long sometimes. I think we've we've talked about this ad nauseum on, on this program. I think it's the give and take. When quarterbacks don't hold the ball too long, then they're more susceptible to throwing an interception. And to me, it's the trade-off of coming into the game, 40 touchdown passes against one interception. You're probably going to take a (laughs) few more sacks. I'm just... You know, pick your poison there, right? I think a sack doesn't necessarily lead to a turnover. It might lead to a punt, depending mm-hmm. on you know the down distance or how bad it gets you off schedule. But um, yeah, I agree. I understand the caller's frustration, but I feel like I don't, I'm not sure what else you want from Justin Fields on a night he completed 65 percent of his throws uh, for 320 yards on a night when JK's in and out and really right. you know was great in the first quarter. After that, because of the injury and whatnot, really wasn't quite as effective. Certainly in the run game, which right. you know helped Venable's scheme a little bit differently. So yeah, I uh, I. 
I don't know. I, I felt pretty good about what Justin Fields gave Ohio State last night. Yeah, I think the only the only times that you'd get really super frustrated is that after Clemson took the lead, you know, the next couple of series there in Ohio State, he gets sacked at third and eight. Uh, that puts, uh, you know, puts it out of position. They clearly had to punt there where maybe maybe they would have thought about going for it. If it was fourth and short, you never know. You move one of that, that 12th drive of Ohio State's game was the one there where you talked about that Austin Mack catch earlier um, where you go back to the play calling and, and say, okay, maybe there's some questions to ask there because that was a long drive. That was one mm-hmm. of the longer drives of the game and, and you come up having to punt on fourth and four after that kind of cutesy, uh, hey, we're going to fake and try to draw you off sides uh, play that d- clearly didn't work. Right, and, and by no means were, were Day or Fields perfect, but I think you do have to keep in mind, yeah, and Clemson didn't play anybody, this, that, and the other. It's a pretty good team from what I saw. I think it's a team that yeah. can give LSU a, a run for its money. Let's try to get in at least one more here. It looks like Dante's been waiting for a while. Uh, let's get to Dante. Are you with us? Yeah, I'm with you guys. How you doing? Hey, we're doing all right, man. Hey, who who or what had the biggest impact on the outcome of the game last night? Uh, I think Ryan Day. I think he called in a real aggressive game. I did. I wasn't too concerned about the play calling. What I did want to talk about, though, was on that third and five, what he did do the tunnel screen. I thought he would go for it on fourth down based on that call to try to get a couple yards. And then on the fourth and four, I felt like we had to be aggressive. I mean, if we punted away – as good as Trevor Lawrence was playing, I mean, me and my buddies talked about it. We've seen that happen. As soon as you punt that away, we knew they were going to at least either get the field goal or score the touchdown, which they did. So I thought the tunnel screen call wasn't bad if he would have went for it on fourth down. I mean, if we want to win the championship, I feel like in those moments, you got to pretty much put the dagger in them and live with those results. But that's pretty much all I wanted to say. And that's a tough call too, because you're looking and saying, "All right, at that point, it's it's fourth and four, uh, but you, maybe you want to give your offense time enough. If Clemson does score, that you're not trying to get the go-ahead touchdown with less than sixty seconds on the clock, and maybe only one or two timeouts. I, yeah, I might have liked to see him throw the bones there, especially because they'd had such a successful drive up to that point. But it's tough because you're watching the clock and saying that's your other enemy. Is can we come back if they do score? Yeah. Yeah, it was a it was a twelve play drive to that point. I think it was before the uh, before that throw or before that punt. And, and I think to Dante's point, and again, Colin mentioned it as well. I mean, on third down there, if you're going to throw something short of the sticks, then then does that mean maybe you are more interested in going forward on fourth down? Ultimately, Ohio State, you know, ends up punting and getting pinning Clemson pretty deep. But I mean, I had the same thoughts as Dante. I mean, I was not super confident giving Trevor Lawrence the ball back with three minutes left, even at their own six. I mean, I love the field position, but. <laughs> It was kind of like you know to, to to the caller's point there of hey it's you know it's fourth and four do, do you risk it? They've been very risky. I mean if he doesn't get it the phone lines are going to be lighting up. That's with, right. You know why didn't they punt there? So I mean certainly understand Dante's point, but there is some yin and yang to to making that call. Right, trestle ball betrays us uh, and and our our greatest moment of need. I you know I didn't love not going forward on fourth. I was kind of surprised that he didn't. Um, but yeah, you live with the consequence. I mean, like you said, this is one of those situations where if it goes well, it's great. If it doesn't, then you're in retrospect saying like this is the most you know, worst call that you could possibly make. Well, and I was more nervous at the time too because Ohio State, what they're only up two points at that point, right? right. So, right. so they're at, starting at their six. Yeah, Clemson's getting the ball deep, but it's not like they need to score a touchdown, exactly. right? Yeah. So I, that that also gave me a, a little bit of cause for pause. But again, I mean, you could armchair quarterback that either way. Certainly understand the caller's point. I think I think it's a good one, but man, it's a tough situation there. Whether you can 
convert or you don't. Uh, up next, Justin Fields showed tremendous heart in the biggest game of his life. This is 11 Warriors Sunday on The Fan. The only radio station allowing one of their hosts to talk about human flesh consumption. Okay, probably not the best idea. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. It's a great feeling doing business with John Hinderer Honda. The best time of the year to buy is now. Purchase a new 2020 Honda Civic LX for only $18,997 during the real sale at John Hinder Honda, Route 79 in Heath, or visit HinderHonda.com. Open Sundays. With approved credit, can't combine offers in stock only. Ends January 6th. See dealer for details. It's a great feeling doing business with John Hinder Honda. Do you drive a German car like a Mercedes or BMW or an Audi or Volkswagen? Or maybe a Swedish car like a Saab or Volvo or even a premium car like a Porsche? I know it's painful when you're forced to go to a dealer and pay dealer pricing. That's why I opened ER Auto Care in 2007. Hi, I'm Eric Raber, owner of ER Auto Care. We offer a free inspection with an estimate at every visit, not a labor charge and high-pressure sales tactics like the other guys. And we fix same day or next day, including fleets, and we'll get you back on the road within 60 minutes. Free loaner car on every repair. If you're tired of the runaround or high prices you've been paying elsewhere, give us a call at 614-363-0509. ER Auto Care, 20 minutes west of Columbus at 8005 Lafayette Plain City Road in Plain City. Open Monday through Friday, 730 to 530, and on the web at erautocare.com. That's erautocare.com. Foreclosure, repossession, garnishment, end the madness, end the madness now. The Law Office of Attorney Mark Herder is a debt relief agency that helps people file both Chapter 7 and Chapter 13 bankruptcy under United States Bankruptcy Code. Call 444-LAW-0. That's 444-5290. Bankruptcy may relieve you from a financial crisis associated with an unexpected job loss, escalating medical bills, or a nasty divorce. Threaten utility shutoffs, out-of-control credit cards, and on top of that student loan default? End the madness. End the madness now. Call attorney Mark Herter at 444-LAW-0. Bankruptcy may provide a dignified solution to your financial predicament. Call 444-LAW-0, that's 444-5290 today, or visit online at markherder.com. Bishop and Lauren Nice. Here's the thing about image and likeness. Everyone was saying, well, all the recruits are just going to go to the, the best schools. They're already there. They're already there, man. Bishop and Lauren Nitus. Presented by Window Nation. Weekdays 9 to noon on the fan. In Columbus, there are some things you can't predict. Weather, traffic, how your team is going to do this season. But here's something you can count on. USAA Insurance. USAA is committed to doing things right. Delivering the savings and award-winning service that you deserve. USAA's intuitive app and innovative technology makes it easy, even with things like filing a claim. And right now, new discounts are available if you live in Ohio. So find out more about what USAA can do for your insurance needs at USAA.com. USAA.com. Comfort Dental is involved in your community. Every year since 1984, we've put on Care Day, giving away free dental care to those in need. Over the years, we've given away millions of dollars in dental services and help 
help thousands of people. Looking for a dentist? Check out Comfort Dental. New patients are just $19, including exam and x-ray. A $185 value. Payment due at time of service. For dentist contact info, visit ComfortDental.com. Services provided by a state-licensed general dentist. Comfort Dental. We'll be there when you need us. This holiday, celebrate like a caniac. Fill your sleigh at Raisin Cane's with cooked-to-order chicken fingers, cane sauce, crinkle-cut fries, and fresh brewed tea. And make spirits bright with gift cards and our holiday plush puppy. Happy holidays from all of us. One love. Wild Man's Leather and Lace, the Party Hardy Party Store. The alternative pain creams, great on joints and knees. Wild Man specializes in organic, natural oils and creams at discount prices. Selling far below the internet. Wild Man's. Hey, it's Pick and Pull with the one gift everybody loves for Christmas. Candy! Now cash! Cash! Just go to pickandpull.com or call 800-442-JUNK and turn your old junk car into cash. Cash to buy more presents! Cash to pay bills! Just call 800-442-JUNK. That's 800-442-5865. Or go to pickandpull.com. Your old junk car doesn't even have to be running because they'll arrange a tow. So call 800-442-JUNK and Pick and Pull will give you Christmas cash for your junk car. That's 800-442-JUNK or go to pickandpull.com. With Employee Pricing Plus at your Ram dealer, you don't have to be an FCA employee to get our employee pricing discount because now through December, Employee Pricing Plus is for everyone. Our price is your price. You pay what we pay. So hurry to the Ram Big Finish event. Employee Pricing Plus is here all December long, and it's for everyone. Offer is available on the purchase or lease of a 2020 Ram 1500DT or new 2019 Ram truck excluding ProMaster, ProMaster City, and Ram chassis cap models. Customer responsible for $200 administration fee. Take delivery by 1-2. See dealer for details. Want to know anything about the fans' contest? How to win? What's up for grabs? Check out 971thefan.com. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Welcome back to 11 Warrior Sunday on the Fan. I'm Chris Lauterbach, joined by Johnny Ginter, Andy Vance of 11 Warriors, and also Colin Berenger, producer at the controls. We are live from downtown Columbus, Ohio, where again it is overcast and dreary, similar to our moods following Ohio State's 29 to 23 loss to Clemson last night in the college football playoff semifinal out in Glendale, Arizona. Um, some pretty strong individual performances last night, though. Do want to pop into a couple of those amidst our sorrows. Justin Fields, we talked about it, playing in the biggest game of his life. Um, I, I thought he played pretty damn well. 30 of 46 passing for 320 yards, two interceptions, although that last pick could have been a game winner against one touchdown. Uh, 42 yards on 14 carries was sacked four times, um, but really seemed to seemed to get in a pretty solid groove after that first interception. Yeah, I mean, if you look after that first interception, he went 15 for 17, almost 150 yards. What I saw was a player that was not... Um, confused or you know maybe taken aback by the stage you know in the mission game it looked like he was he was playing a little nervous playing you know he got the yips a little bit i didn't see that player against clemson i saw a guy who was in command of the offense who was ready for what he was asked to do and you know look 320 yards that doesn't come easy against anybody particularly against a clemson team and obviously his knee limited him a little bit he did not have the kind of explosiveness that we saw earlier in the year but i think he did really well with what he had i think if he is 100% mobility, and it's that lateral mobility right. that's as important as anything. Some of those sacks become scrambles that mm-hmm. we're, you know, making highlight real memes out of because he just looks 
otherworldly. But he stepped up on a big stage, you know, and if that that last pass of the game goes the other way, if Alave doesn't break off that route and gets what we all think is a clear touchdown, the storyline here is how Justin Fields put the team on its back and carried him to victory yeah. because after, as, as you pointed out, after that first interception, I mean, he's pretty electric through the air there, right? I mean, he's almost perfect throwing the ball. It was a really gutsy performance from him. Just that that last play is the killer. Yeah. Changes the narrative. For large swaths of the game, I thought he looked really in command. I think, Johnny, you made a, a great point about you know, the Michigan game. Definitely came out a little, a little antsy, you know, a little, little hopped up. Last night, the first drive, he completes six of his first seven passes right. on that drive to Leads six different right receivers. Yeah, for about 60-ish yards, 60, 61 yards, something like that. Ohio State stalls out at the four and settles for a field goal, which we've talked about, but I mean, Fields was ready to go from the jump, and then similarly, the last drive of the game, Ohio State's got a minute 49 and two timeouts to try to earn a spot in the national championship, and he goes 4-6 for 44 yards, has a third and one run for five yards to move the sticks, and was this close to having a game-winning touchdown pass. I mean, we've already learned, Chris Olave said, he he, he broke the wrong way, basically. Right. Um, on, you know, fluky thing, obviously, unfortunately, Chris Olave is a, is a great, great player, but that interception was not on fields, is what I think I learned from um, you know the the outcome of that game in the in the in the post um in the post game conversation. I, I will also say that I think one of the most unfortunate things about that final drive was that we can't talk about that third and one play because everyone in the universe was expecting J.K. Dobbins to get that ball, and for the first time probably ever, Justin Fields said, "Nope, I'm keeping it this time," and it was the absolute best possible time to do that. Uh, fooled everyone and and sustained that drive. I thought that was incredible, and he just it, it shows his decision making throughout the game. And again, you know, you can look at some of the mistakes and things like that. But overall, I think he played an excellent game. Yeah, and and on the season, so after the 320 passing yards last night, Fields finished the year with 3,273 passing yards. That's the third best single season in Ohio State history. So it seems like a pretty good seems number. Good. 51 total touchdowns um, is second in single season history at Ohio State, only behind Dwayne Haskins, who had, what, 53 or 54 last year. So, yeah, I think you got to be pretty excited about a first-year starter coming in and putting up those kinds of numbers. Uh, staying in the backfield, J.K. Dobbins, 18 carries for 174 yards. Um did some real heavy work early, right? And then uh, Gimpy Ankle kind of slowed him a little bit down the stretch. 221 yards of total offense and a touchdown. I mean, he's he's big time. I mean, I'm hearing Gus Johnson every time there's a Dobbins play, J.K. all day, and, yeah. and I'm right there. <laughs> I, I just I don't know how you can say enough about that guy and what he meant to this team. 18 carries, 174 yards. He's averaging almost 10 yards a carry thanks to those huge, uh, two huge plays, including the touchdown drive. That first quarter, man, was lightning in a bottle. Yeah, and you know, like you said, he was limited a little bit, but if you look at the totality of the game and his career, and, and particularly this season, it's the first Ohio State 2,000-yard rushing season, which to me is kind of amazing, actually, when you think of some of the other running backs that have gone through Ohio State. He passes Eddie George for the most rushing yards in a season by any Ohio State running back. These are, look, we don't talk about J.K. Dobbins in the same, you know, hushed tones that we talk about Ezekiel Elliott, right? We don't talk about him in the same way that we even talk sometimes about, you know, even Beanie Wells and whatnot, but Look, this for my money, this guy is one of the top four, top three or four running backs in Ohio State history. Period. And I, I know that for some people that'll be, you know, you can't say that with Byers and and you know Archie and all that. But look, the statistics speak for themselves, and the way he jumped back 
from uh, really a disappointing season last year to do what he did this year and, and set all these records, man, I, he's on the Mount Rushmore of Isaiah running backs for me. Yeah, he was he was definitely game last night. You know, gimpy ankle and, and fought through it as best as he best he could. Obviously, the drop screen for a touchdown was was painful and one he wishes he had back for sure. Um, but you know, the tenth time this year he ran for over a hundred yards. Actually, the first loss, uh, first time Ohio State's lost with him going over a hundred yards. Yeah. Um, in his in his Ohio State career, so obviously a meaningful player for Ohio State. And yeah, tough finish for him last night with the gimpy ankle and the drop, but did a lot of things well for Ohio State last night as well. Again, as you mentioned, Johnny, two thousand forty six. Yards for the season, the most by an Ohio State running back in a single season in school history. Um, Blake Hobbiel, we don't talk about place kickers a lot on the show, but um, <laughs> I will. I will. He's cop, earned a couple minutes. I will cop to of adding him to the to the uh, oh, show notes. It. He earned it, <laughs> but I but I I do think he earned it. Thirteen to fifteen on the season. Look, we talk about those missed red zone opportunities, but the guy converted them right. Like that's how you build that lead is with him being perfect. He did not miss a field goal um, after October fifth. So he was perfect for the past several months of the year. Um, it's his first time having to kick three field goals in a game all season. Nailed all of them. Best OSU field goal percentage since 2013. Um, and we've had some pretty good field goal kickers, kickers since then. So I, you know, I just think he deserves some props. Uh, obviously, you know, was able to allow Ohio State to maintain a lead. And honestly, there's a lot, there's a lot of elite programs that do not trust their kickers in this day and age, but Ohio State does, and that's because he's been so consistent. Yeah, I don't know how much Clemson trusts their kicker. So he yeah. missed the one shot he had. Yeah. Yeah, so I like I said, I, I think he's a he was a valuable part of the offense this season, and again, didn't have a ton of opportunities, but converted them when he got them. Yeah, no question about it. I think um, you know three for three. They were all chip shots, but that's easy to say when they're sure. in the uh, you know when they're in the college football playoffs semifinal. Right. There's you know it's going to be tough on a turf that we've talked about um, that certainly seemed a little a little a little slick here and there. Um, just real quickly, Jeff Okuda, five total tackles, two PBUs. Um, thought he. Played pretty well. There were some moments where some balls thrown in front of him, but I mean, Trevor Lawrence is a really good quarterback, and Clemson <laughs> right. has two, you know, has a, at least two elite receivers and a couple others. Um, you know, playing his last game as a Buckeye, um, all, all but certain. Uh, I thought he, uh, you know, I thought he showed up last night, and really, I mean, he was the one that forced the fumble that led to the Fuller touchdown that ultimately was called back. Right. And by and large, I think if you look at Higgins and Ross, we talked about them so much going in. The the backfield kept Clemson's wide receivers in check, such so that leading receiver was Etienne. He couldn't rush, but he sure was good catching the ball and and put. I mean, but that speaks to how well Akuda um, and his team did of shutting down these just all world level receivers for the Tigers. It'll be interesting to see once the dust settles on the season and you start looking back at the year Akuda had being a unanimous All American. Where does he stack up? Um, you know, in, in fans' minds of, of all-time elite corners. He's certainly in the conversation. Uh, when we come back, real talk. This is 11 Warriors Sunday on The Fan. Every time Common Man starts to yell, there's always a chance he strokes out. So that's something, I guess. Common Man and T-Bone. Weekdays from 3 to 6. The Fan. Hi, this is Ryan Krieger, and going on now at Krieger Ford, you can shop three great nameplates like Ford Escape, Ford Fusion, and Ford EcoSport, all three available under $20,000. Additionally, we offer parts and service until midnight. Come experience a new Ford this holiday season.
What's up, guys? Join me, Timmy Hall, at Harry Buffalo in Westerville at 7 p.m. on December 28th for another big game watch party. Why stay home when you can come out to Harry Buffalo and hang with some of your best friends from the fan? Feast on Harry Buffalo's signature bison burgers, quench your thirst with specials on Coors Light buckets, and you can keep the cup of a tall Coors Light draft. And there's dozens of big screens so you can stay locked in. No bad seats in the house, plus fan games and your chance to win really cool prizes. So get to the buff. That's December 28th at 7 p.m. at Harry Buffalo in Westerville. Hollywood Casino Lawrenceburg is the home for all the best winter sporting events, bowl games, playoff games, the super big game of the year, and the craziness of March. Enjoy the action at the new sports book at Hollywood Casino Lawrenceburg. Sports betting is legal in Indiana, not Ohio. Must be 21 to enter. As we motor through the 21st century, improvements in technology continue to make life better for all of us. This is Tony Valentine with TNT Equipment. TNT is helping to improve production in the construction industry with a new mass climbing machine. It's the Pro Series GPU, a gasoline-powered mass climber with an 11,000-pound weight capacity that can travel up to 27 feet per minute. This machine has uses for all trades, from masonry to stucco to restoration. In the past, contractors needed one machine for speed and a different machine for power. Our GPU has both. Of course, we continue to carry tube scaffold, system scaffold, crank up and swing stages, in addition to our full line of mass climbers. If you need to get up in the air, TNT can get you there. Call us at 614-882-1549. TNT is the present and the future of scaffold. We make it happen, TNT. Flagship home for Ohio State Hoops, the Fan Ohio Sports Destination. This holiday, it's easy to give everyone fresh gifts and goodies with Kroger's delivery and free pickup. So whether you're a cookie-tarian or a turkey or a hot chocoholic or just a pumpkin spice everythinger, fresh comes with free pickup. Because at Kroger, we believe in fresh for everyone. Pork loin roasts and pork sirloin cutlets are 99 cents a pound with card. Order for delivery or free pickup today. Restrictions apply. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, it's Anthony Rothman, back again with our good friend Bob Kendrick from ABC6 and Fox 28 News. Bob, the year is ending, but I know the news never stops. Well, that's right, Anthony. Always a new day, always new stories because of that. And I got two big ones here that I think are going to score big. All right, hit us with them. By the time this radio spot is over, a thief could steal your home, of all things. Monday on Fox 28 News at 10, we're going to explore just how easy it is for someone to steal your home right out from under you. Even the sprawling Rothman Estates. Leave the Rothman Estates alone. <laughs> yeah. Don't make me put up gates. <laughs> we'll show you how to keep it safe here. And a two-point conversion here. Tuesday night on Fox 28 News, we'll ask if your neighborhood playground is safe. We've discovered that some of the most contaminated sites in the country have been converted into recreational areas. Not good, but those sound like two very big stories everyone should be aware of. Thanks for stopping in, Bob. Always enjoy chatting with you, Anthony. So there you have it. Two big reasons to end your year with Bob Kendrick and the entire team from Fox 28 News at 10. And don't forget about ABC6 News at 11. At the Volkswagen Sign Then Drive event, leasing a select new 2019 VW is almost as easy as signing your name. It's almost like every time you've ever signed your name has been in preparation for this moment. Signing your driver's license, first job offer, and apartment lease have all led to this. So visit your local VW dealership to test drive a variety of select new models, like the 2019 Atlas SUV, Tiguan SUV, or Jetta sedan today. Now is a great time to sign on and drive off in a new Volkswagen. 
Whatever you're doing right now, just know that Bo Bishop is enjoying a sip of bourbon. Even if this promo is playing in the morning, no judgment. Ah, sweet morning drinking. The Fan. It's time for some real talk on 11 Warriors Sunday. Welcome back to 11 Warriors Sunday on 97.1 The Fan. Chris Lauterbach joined by Johnny Ginter to my right, Andy Vance to my left. The wonderful and talented Colin Berenger in the control room. It's like he's starting to perk up a little bit. Is that, do the Browns play today? The NFL yeah, don't still even on? get me started on that. They got the Bengals. Let's go. Oh, Browns and Bengals is today. Real? No, I honestly have no idea. <laughs> what's the uh, what's the spread go on Go Bengals, that? baby. That's right. Hey. Look, I'm from. I'm a Cincy guy. I want to tell you something. Nothing would make me happier than to see a one in who knows how many losses Cincinnati team roll into Cleveland and just put a capper on this season for the Browns. I would love that. That'd be hilarious. So, if, well, I mean, we have different motivations there. But. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. But I'm just saying, this is what unites us: our hatred of just anything positive or happy happening for Cleveland. Collins, like, don't, don't, don't even play the game. Let's just uh, let's right. just take the L. If it means on. that the head coach is getting fired. I want the Bengals to win. Well, if that's the case, then I don't want the Bengals to win because I have the same motivation. That's not fair. <laughs> Is Dorsey going to be gone if uh... if he doesn't fire him? I sure hope so. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was reading, again, very, very fringe NFL fan. I, I was reading that if, if Kitchens goes, maybe Dorsey goes too. It sounded like that was picking up some steam the last couple days. I mean, outside of a few picks here and there, he actually hasn't had a very good start to his tenure there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, no argument here from what I've seen and just, you know, gauging your angst every Sunday morning when we're in here <laughs> talking about the Browns. So for the Bengals' sake, though, just thinking about Joe Burrow, which we'll get to in a minute, the Bengals lose today. Are they in, are they in the driver's seat? Like, who's who's in line for the number one pick right now? Oh, yeah, it's the Bengals. The Bengals, they wrapped it up. Oh, they yeah. did wrap it yeah, up. Yeah, oh, by, okay. virtue, by virtue of almost beating, but then subsequently not beating the Dolphins, they were able to take care of that business. And you're so excited to, to see Southern Ohio boy... Joe Burrow come back to Southern Ohio. Oh right? yeah, <laughs> I'm excited for me, not excited for him. That's an entirely <laughs> yeah, different don't put that show. Evil on me, Ricky. Bobby. Yeah, that, yeah. I, I mean, I feel bad, right? Like I don't want to, I don't want to curse somebody from from Southern Ohio with the same affliction so, that I have. But yeah, that'd be terrible for so him. So just just quickly, and we'll get to real talk here. So um, I know we've had a lot of conversations in Slack, a couple Bengals fans in there. Um, so would you advocate, based on what you've seen from Burrow, that the Bengals, if you think about the long-term health sure, of the Bengals, yeah. would you want them to take Burrow, or should they take Young and then get Lawrence it, or Fields next year? In all seriousness, the Bengals have done pretty well by themselves with quarterbacks over the years, right? Like Carson Palmer had a really good career. Mm-hmm. I mean, Andy Dalton, for as much as people gripe about him, has been a decent quarterback. It's not like they've completely ruined. This isn't, you know, like an Eric Kraut situation or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So I, I think he'd be okay. I think it depends on who also is going to be coaching him. Um, but I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it to see him on the team. I just would want both the Bengals and Joe Burrow to be successful because honestly, I love the dude and I want him to go to an advantageous situation where he's actually going to, you know, be successful right. long term. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, well, let's get to Real Talk, where we give you the unvarnished hotness, holding nothing back. Uh, Real Talk, complaining about officials is lame, but the Zebras had far too much impact on a college football playoff semifinal. 
we, we talked about this, but Lord, it requires another couple minutes. The, the, the roughing call to me, I, I don't know, as I, as I watch more replays of it into the middle of the night last night, I just don't know how that's not running into the kicker. I know Dan Hope, whose opinion is, is you know, sharper than mine. He said he thought it, you know, it probably was a 50 Dan's wrong. play. Dan's wrong. I, I saw, you know, Terry McCauley and some of the others say, no, they thought it was running into the kicker. And the more I watch that replay, I mean, Cam Brown is, is, is pulling up. Yeah. And if there is validity to the, to the rule of, you know, not endangering and not driving through, there was no endangerment and there was no driving through. It's not like the kicker's leg was still, you know, way up in the air, up over his head or anything like that. Um, so that call gets more brutal the more I see it. And just the overturn of Fuller's fumble recovery um, after Jeff Okuda had, had, had forced the fumble um, from Justin Ross. I just, again, the more I see that one, it's a joke. This whole... It was called a touchdown on the field, so that means there was indisputable video evidence to overturn the call, and I've just yet to see indisputable video evidence that the receiver was juggling that ball. If you go out on Twitter or wherever, you can read the referee, um, you know, kind of post game quotes talking about supposedly Justin Ross was juggling and didn't have control of the ball. The ball wasn't against his body because of the nature of how he caught it, but. Justin Ross had both hands on that ball, and if his arms were shaking, it's because he was taking three steps or four steps with the football before Akuda knocked it out of his hands. So that one I just can't I can't get with. The Sean Wade targeting, I, I'm, 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 I'm okay with that one. It's more the rule I have a problem with. Sean Wade lowered his, lowered his crown, and on a quarterback, you're, you're, that call's going to go against you nine out of ten times. Um, I do appreciate Gene Smith. Uh, voicing his displeasure because that's his job. It's not Ryan Day's. Ryan Day can't do that on a post-game press conference, especially when he hasn't seen a bunch of replays and he's doing everything else that he needs to do to manage a game. Um, so I do appreciate Gene Smith getting the word out to Joel Klatt, Pete Thamel, and others um, about how um, displeased he was with uh, w- with that situation. Again, hats off to Clemson, Trevor Lawrence. Tough pill to swallow for Ohio State, but it's not like Clemson didn't do what they needed to do to win it. But, man, those calls were just brutal. Yeah, I did. It's, <laughs> you don't want to see a situation. You don't want to, you do not want a game, especially of that magnitude being decided by the refs. And while I don't think that was necessarily the case, when they have that much of an impact on the game, it just takes away from the overall meaning, no matter what the outcome. And again, you know, you can say that because Ohio State lost, right? If Ohio State wins, it's like, oh, the refs are great. What are you talking about? Everything worked out fine. But it, it just, to me, it takes away from the spirit of the game. It makes it just not as fun and as engaging as it really should be. Because college football is fun, and that makes it not fun. Real talk. Is this what it feels like to be a Michigan fan? I, I, I'm starting to wonder. So Ohio <laughs> State now 0-4 versus Clemson. It, it hurts me to say that. Three losses in seven years now, and two of those three in playoff games. The biggest stage against a, I, Johnny and I, I think are in agreement on this, maybe the most detestable heel in college football right now in Dabo Swinney, and to lose both those games on the biggest stage hurts me deeply. How bad do I dislike the Clemson Tigers? I mean, the fact that they're playing Aretha Franklin's R-E-S-P-E-C-T in the, in the <laughs> locker room to continue this charade of poor little Clemson that nobody respects, give me a break. I, I have Michigan-level hatred now for Clemson, and that's the way it is. And apparently, the curse of Charlie Bauman will continue for another year at least. <laughs> well, that's a self-inflicted wound, I guess, if, if curses are real. But, um, yeah, man, I... 
I'm with you 100%. Like, I just, I, I cannot stand Clemson and particularly Dabo. And I don't know, Chris. I mean, how do you, are, are, do you have that level of hatred in your heart? Oh, I do. Okay. I, I'm, I'm filled with it. The, the team is good. Dabo is bad. I'm, I'm tired of the all, all shucks. My team is gobbling oh. Osterine. All, all shucks. You know, the men's college basketball assistants on an FBI wiretap talking about how Clemson football no, runs the bagman scheme better than the hoops team does. Right. I mean, yeah, it's just, yeah, this all shucks. And I, I know it's Sunday morning, but, you know, he, he invokes God every sentence that he says talking about, like, basically, God is a Clemson fan. Like, if yeah. that's truly a thing. And it's just brutal. I'm, um, yeah, beyond over Dabo Swinney. It's, I mean, it's part of his marketing for his, for his football team. And, and that to me is why it rings a little bit hollow. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you guys. I'm not a fan of Clemson or Dabo at this point. Real talk, by the way, to that point. We're all LSU fans now, right? Because I am. I'm, I'm 100% on the LSU train. I'm an LSU Tiger fan right now. I, I love those dudes. Joe Burrow, Ohio kid, done good. Look, you can talk about the circumstances surrounding him going down to uh, the Bayou all you want. I Look, he's from Athens. I love that. He's <laughs> he's going out. He's winning the Heisman. He's obviously an elite football player. Um, if Ohio State cannot beat Clemson, all right, you can get some small measure of revenge by knowing that a guy who was affiliated with your program, who still has a great love for the state of Ohio, will go down there and hopefully, in his you know, in in, in Louisiana, take care of business against uh, the Clemson Tigers. Uh, Coach Ordron, I mean, <laughs> every interview that you've go ever Tigers. seen, that guy, look, he is a comic book character come to life and i love every second that he is on this planet with me um you know lsu fans are great i love them the other thing is is that this is a situation where lsu winning would be awesome if clemson wins this will be the end of the universe right for for ohio state football fans because this is going to be the they don't respect us fuel for Dabo for all eternity this will power them all the way into the moon and the stars because they will never stop talking about it so for me the uh, the karmic balance all right the karmic balance of college football requires that LSU beats the Clemson Tigers in the national championship i am an LSU fan uh, and that's my real talk johnny going deep uh Invoking the solar system. Some other <laughs> things. Right. We're I a little existential on Real Talk today. We're I just want LSU to win because I think it's a great storybook ending for Joe Burrow. The game's gonna be in Louisiana. You know, all the money he raised for you know Athens, yeah. the food bank, and all that kind of stuff. I just don't know how you can how you can rightfully cheer against the guy, and and if nothing else, just cheer against Clemson. Even if you're sick of hearing about Joe Burrow as a right. jaded Buckeye fan, then just. Cheer against Clemson. Coming up, we'll take a breather from Ohio State's heartbreaker and take a run at the rest of the bowl landscape. This is 11 Warriors Sunday on The Fan. Proud to be your flagship home for Ohio State athletics. The Jackets, Crew Soccer, and Bobby Carpenter's uncomfortably vascular arms. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. It's a great feeling doing business with John Lease a new 2020 Honda Civic LX for only $159 per month for 36 months during the real sale at John Hinder Honda, Route 79 in Heath, or visit HinderHonda.com open Sundays. With approved credit, $24.99 down, 12,000 miles per year. Can't combine offers in stock only ends January 6th. See dealer for details. It's a great feeling doing business with John Hinder Honda. 
Colin Man here for Universal Windows Direct. Listen, it's cold outside. If you're feeling it in your house or you felt cold inside last winter, you need new windows. Don't suffer through one more winter in a cold, uncomfortable home. My guys, Bill and Mike, back up all their windows with a true lifetime warranty. So you're covered for as long as you own your home and 30 years to the next homeowner. Right now, buy two windows, get two windows free. Buy eight, get eight free. Buy 40, get 40 free. See what I'm doing? No limits. Check out my guys now, UniversalWindowsDirect.com. Welcome to Metro by T-Mobile. Santa, what are you doing here? Christmas is over. Oh, hello. I was so busy giving gifts to everyone, I guess I forgot myself. What? W- well, you're in the right place. Metro is having the biggest end-of-year sales event right now. Really? How big? <laughs> Pretty big. Like, awesome free phone big. Unbelievable. Oh, you better believe, Santa. Metro has a big selection from top brands like Samsung, LG, and Motorola with huge HD screens and tons of memory. And they're free just for activating a new line. Wow, Jamie, it's just what I wanted. Uh, how did you know my name? Well, it's on your name tag. Uh, now, help me choose one of these awesome phones. Santa needs to stream. Head to Metro for your awesome free phone at the biggest end-of-year sales event. Choose from a huge selection of top brands like Samsung, LG, and Motorola. They're all free, and they're only at Metro. Plus sales tax and activation fee. Limit four per account or household. See store for details and terms and conditions. Trey Wingo here, making sure you're up and alert for the workday is our number one priority. But if you oversleep and your boss fires you, Mike Golick will give you a new job. Shaving his back. Golick and Wingo. Weekday mornings at 6. The Fan. In Columbus, there are some things you can't predict. Weather, traffic, how your team is going to do this season. But here's something you can count on. USAA Insurance. USAA is committed to doing things right. Delivering the savings and award-winning service that you deserve. USAA's intuitive app and innovative technology makes it easy, even with things like filing a claim. And right now, new discounts are available if you live in Ohio. So find out more about what USAA can do for your insurance needs at USAA.com. USAA.com. A recent AAA survey says that two out of three U.S. drivers don't trust auto repair shops, recommending unnecessary services overcharging for services, and negative past experiences top the list. Hi, I'm Eric Raber, owner of ER Auto Care. In 2007, I thought there's got to be a better way to do auto repair. At ER Auto Care, we give you a free inspection with an estimate at every visit, not a labor charge and high-pressure sales tactics like the other guys. So if you've ever felt lied to when it came to auto repair, come to ER Auto Care. We'd love to be your auto repair shop. We service all American, Asian, and European vehicles, plus light-duty trucks, with quality that beats the dealer and without dealer pricing. Call us at 614-363-0509. We're just 20 minutes west of Columbus at 8005 Lafayette Plain City Road in Plain City. Open Monday through Friday, 730 to 530, and on the web at erautocare.com. Hi, I'm Rick Germain. As the holiday sticker sale winds down at the all-new Germain Kia of Columbus, we're making things simple with a final sale. This week only, we're negotiating for you and marking every vehicle on the lot with the lowest price we can take. It's that simple. With fantastic manufacturer's incentives, plus our final sale pricing, it'll never be easier and prices just can't get any lower. You don't want to miss the final sale right now at the all-new Germain Kia or get started at GermainKia.com. If the sound of another man slammed against plexiglass turns you on, you've come to the right place. Proud to be your home for Jackets Hockey. The Fan, Ohio sports destination.
Welcome back to 11 Warriors Sunday on the Fan final segment. Uh, coming up at noon, Ohio State basketball returns to the hardwood up in Cleveland playing a uh, West Virginia team led by Chuggy Bear. <laughs> Near and dear to my heart, by Bob the way. Bob Huggins. I can't stand Bob Huggins. <laughs> uh, so Tim Hall and Brandon Beam will uh, have the fan warm-up show coming on when when we're done here, and then you'll have tip-off at noon. So something to look forward to to hopefully drown your sorrows a little bit. Uh, see High State get back on the hardwood for a team that is playing phenomenally well so far this year. But uh, so we've, we've talked about this high state Clemson game, you know, for almost two hours now and going to branch out a little bit and talk about some of the other bowls that have occurred just to, cause I need to stop talking about this high state game for a minute. <laughs> but um, so big 10 and bowls yesterday, Penn state 53 Memphis 29 in the Goodyear cotton bowl classic, man, Micah Parsons, he would have looked really good in Scarlet and Gray. <laughs> the guy was incredible. 14 stops, three tackles for loss, two sacks, two passes broken up, one quarterback hurry, and a partridge in a pear tree. Why aren't you playing in Columbus? Oh, it hurts me. Dude yeah. was all over the field. Uh, well, I got to tell you something. What I was really excited about or interested in was Journey Brown doing his best uh, Squan Barkley impersonation, 16 carries, 202 yards, electric all over the field whenever he got uh, you know his hands on the ball. Yeah, Penn State, look, James Franklin, a lot of people were kind of like crapping on James Franklin when he came in the Big Ten, didn't think maybe he had the chops to hang with the likes of Urban and whatnot. I think he's proven that he is a legitimately really good coach, and he's going to have Penn State playing really well for a long time. The thing that uh, I noticed jumped off the stat page, though, was, is Penn State, for as good as they are, uh, man, they got carved up through the air. It's a good thing they're as good offensively as they are because Memphis ate them alive passing the ball, 479 yards. That Wow. Yeah, it wasn't the best showing by Penn State's defense. Obviously, certain look, offense certainly looked really good. I agree with you, Johnny. I think, uh, personally, I think Franklin is perfect for Penn State. I think he's, oh, yeah. he's really good, but not good enough to be, you know, a huge threat to Ohio State. Recruits really well. Um, it kind of helps prop up the Big Ten without necessarily scaring me, you know, too much. <laughs> going to, you know, going to state college is always going to be tough, but, right. you know, and, and he's beat Ohio State, but, uh, but overall, I think, uh, it works out pretty good for, for the Big Ten and for Ohio State having James Franklin in state college. Uh, Friday afternoon, New Era Pinstripe Bowl, Michigan State 27, Wake Forest 21. Ryan Lewerke actually threw for over 300 yards and, uh, Michigan State got a win for the Big Ten that uh, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Best moment in that game, though, fat guy touchdown, Mike Panasiak uh, on a fluke interception return. His brother tipped it, uh, and then he waltzed into the end zone. But the celebration, I think, was what really made the play. <laughs> you guys see him to take his helmet off and like kind of salute, yeah. salute the crowd. Right. He's got this big old frothy beard. I mean, as a as a fat guy myself, I am all in always on the rumble and stumble and big man touchdowns. <laughs> that was sweet. More of that in my life. He had some and meals. the tip of the hat makes it uh, even better. <laughs> Friday night, San Diego Credit Union Holiday Bowl, Iowa 49, USC 24. Nate Stanley, heck of a game for the Hawkeyes, 213 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Nate Stanley now is a combined 12-0 and versus Iowa's rivals Minnesota, Iowa State, Nebraska, and bowl games. So pretty good for him. Was happy to see Iowa win one for Hayden Fry and Bump Elliott. You know what? They were There was a point in that game where they could have kind of let it slip away from them a little bit, and instead they put their foot down. They did what they had to do. Nate Stanley has had a really great career at Iowa and uh, you know we've you know mentioned this in the notes here but Hayden Fry right big influence on this game obviously big influence on Iowa as a program and I, I think that was really cool to kind of uh, win one for that guy what I don't understand is why on earth USC 
didn't pull the trigger on the coaching change. I mean, on one level, I do because you need to maybe get some continuity going so you're not just this revolving door of coaching changes. On the other hand, after seeing the abysmal recruiting class they hauled in this signing day and then you know, losing a bowl game in spectacular fashion this way, I, I guess I just don't get it. I, I don't understand it either. Neither does Sean Salisbury. I think it was him I saw on Twitter ranting about it. He, he'd set up his own little video at his coffee table and, and was ranting about USC just being good and not really chasing greatness anymore, um, which I thought was uh, thought was interesting. But Amir Smith-Marset did want to mention him for Iowa. Had a rush TD, a receiving TD, and a kickoff return touchdown all in the second quarter. Wow. Um, pretty electric performance by him. Um, one notable bowl result I did want to get to just because uh, I cannot stand Mike Leach. Uh, Air Force <laughs> 31, Washington State. State 21. Um, usuals for Air Force, they completed four passes for 30 yards and ran for 371. Um, but I, I just, I, I do not get the media's fascination with Mike Leach. Um, he's just not a good coach, and I think he tries to be interesting and quirky and weird to cover up that reality. He now has two bowl wins at eight seasons at Washington State. He's finished unranked in seven of eight seasons, and he's one game over 500 in Pac-12 play over that time. Yeah, he is weird and quirky and fun and interesting and also not great at coaching. Yeah. I, I, I love the entertainment value of it. I can watch Mike Leach YouTube video clips like I can Les Miles video clips. Give me those two guys in the same conference. I, I mean, I could watch it all day long, but it ain't great football. Well, yeah. he's not in a blue blood program, so I mean, recruiting and things like that are going to be tough. He's probably not as bad as I as I make him out to be, but by the same time, he just gets way too much press for what he provides. Yeah, well, it's because he's a good quote, and people enjoy that, and like you said, you can get those clips on YouTube and whatnot. There are things where you've got like a really cool system and whatnot, but it, it, that doesn't mean that it's going to last over the years, and that air raid offense is really fun to watch, but it doesn't mean it's going to be consistently successful. Um, if you run it for 20 straight years. Right. Uh, last two minutes, let's give a little bit of love to LSU-Oklahoma game. Was It was a, a fun, for a blowout, it still actually you know kept my interest for most of the game in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Again, LSU 63, Oklahoma 28. Joe Burrow show marched on 29 of 39 for 493 yards and seven touchdowns. Also ran for a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, he's the Heisman winner for a reason. I mean, the, the guy has put together, in my opinion – Probably the greatest statistical season in college football quarterbacking history, period. And and you look at the stats, you see what some other people did in other past seasons. Uh, guys like Colt McCoy, for example, had really high percentages of, of uh, completed passes and whatnot, and other people have had similar yardage. But for my money, in terms of both consistency, impact on the game, rushing, all that kind of stuff, I think this is the greatest statistical season in college football uh, history, and he's, he's obviously continued that against Oklahoma. And he and Justin Jefferson rewriting the Peach Bowl and the playoff uh, record books, the, the bowl game record books, number of touchdowns, yardage. I mean, just an almost obscene performance at how good they were, and obscenely bad the Oklahoma <laughs> defense was. Right. Good Lord, do Big 12 defenses play defense at all at any point during the season? <laughs> well, and Justin Jefferson, he had four touchdowns himself, 227 yards was great. Uh, you know, really tough day for LSU co-offensive coordinator Steve Ingsinger. Just a tragedy. Daughter-in-law dies in the morning of the plane crash. He sticks around to coach the game. Just, man, just devastating. I can't even imagine. Um, lighter news in that game, uh, Alex Grinch, LOL. Um, <laughs> Ohio State couldn't get rid of him fast enough. Oklahoma fans thought they had a coup there for a little bit. Um, but, you know, really, Big 12 should probably have to sit out the next few years of the college football playoff, right? I mean, 
Fair is fair. That's what the Big Ten has had to do for so long. Agree. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us on 11 Warriors Sunday. Stick around for the fan warm-up show with Tim Hall and Brandon Beam on the fan. Ohio State news and conversation with a touch of basketball. The Buckeye Show with Brandon Beam and Timmy Hall. Weeknights at 6. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. At the Volkswagen Sign Then Drive event, leasing a select new 2019 VW is almost as easy as signing your name. It's almost like every time you've ever signed your name has been in preparation for this moment. Signing your driver's license, first job offer, and apartment lease have all led to this. So visit your local VW dealership to test drive a variety of select new models, like the 2019 Atlas SUV, Tiguan SUV, or Jetta Sedan today. Now is a great time to sign on, then drive off in a new Volkswagen. This holiday, celebrate like a Caniac. Fill your sleigh at Raising Cane's with cooked-to-order chicken fingers, cane sauce, crinkle-cut fries, and fresh brewed tea. And make spirits bright with gift cards and our holiday plush puppy. Happy holidays from all of us. One love. Hey, it's Pick and Pull with the one gift everybody loves for Christmas. Candy! No, cash! Cash! Just go to pickandpull.com or call 800-442-JUNK and turn your old junk car into cash. Cash to buy more presents! Cash to pay bills! Just call 800-442-JUNK. That's 800-442-5865. Or go to pickandpull.com. Your old junk car doesn't even have to be running because they'll arrange a tow. So call 800-442-JUNK and Pick and Pull will give you Christmas cash for your junk car! That's 800-442-JUNK or go to pickandpull.com. Hey, it's Anthony Rothman, back again with our good friend Bob Kendrick from ABC6 and Fox 28 News. Bob, the year is ending, but I know the news never stops. Well, that's right, Anthony. Always a new day, always new stories because of that, and I got two big ones here that I think are going to score big. All right, hit us with them. By the time this radio spot is over, a thief could steal your home, of all things. Monday on Fox 28 News at 10, we're going to explore just how easy it is for someone to steal your home right out from under you. Even the sprawling Rothman Estates. Leave the Rothman Estates alone. <laughs> yeah. Don't make me put up gates. We, we, we'll show you how to keep it safe here. And a two-point conversion here. Tuesday night on Fox 28 News, we'll ask if your neighborhood playground is safe. We've discovered that some of the most contaminated sites in the country have been converted into recreational areas. Not good, but those sound like two very big stories everyone should be aware of. Thanks for stopping in, Bob. Always enjoy chatting with you, Anthony. So there you have it. Two big reasons to end your year with Bob Kendrick and the entire team from Fox 28 News at 10. And don't forget about ABC6 News at 11. ZZ Boots, made in the USA. Industrial work boots by Chippewa, Carolina. Matterhorn, Thoroughgood, rare and exotic western boots. Huge selection. Biker boots by Double H, Chippewa, and Justin. 90-day layaway. ZZ Boots. The holiday season is here, and our Chevy employees have something special to share with you. At Chevy, we're all about bringing families together. That's why our Chevy employee discount is now available to everyone. The Chevy price you pay is what we pay. Not a cent more. So happy holidays. And welcome to the family. Get the Chevy employee discount for everyone today. Find new roads at your local Chevy dealer. Visit ChevroletEmployeeDiscount.com for offer and vehicle eligibility. Not available fleet sales and some other offers. Dealer fees are extra and will vary. Participating dealers take new retail delivery by 1-220. Broadcasting from the Compare Quote Insurance Studio.